And welcome to episode 501 of Conversation Street. Oh yeah, it's 501 now, isn't we it? We are, we're, we're into the second half of our first thousand episodes now, yeah. it's amazing. Thank you everybody for all the lovely comments about last week's podcast, did very much enjoy recording it, it was fun, we got lots of nice feedback still, and um, oh, still, feeling, still feeling good and positive about the podcast going forward. But we've got Christmas and stuff first, haven't we? It's very exciting. Um, we're, we're late this week, sorry everybody, it is my fault. Would you believe it, I was socialising last night? Yes, yeah, you right. were. Mostly because there was no signal for your phone. Yeah, we went to a staff Christmas do. We went to, we went for a curry, and um, and I couldn't text. I was doing anything on my phone because I didn't have any signal because we were downstairs and it was so actually had to talk oh, to my my downstairs. colleagues. Yeah, yeah. I did wonder. Fun. I, I had a nice time. I had a nice time. It's the Coriander Lounge in Southampton. If you ever are in the city and you want a nice Indian yes. restaurant to go to, that's quite a good one. Isn't yeah. It? So instead of curry, I had coriander. Ah. But we did come back, I did get back, and we, um, well, I don't get back, it was quite late, wasn't it? We, um, we managed to squeeze in last night's curry before, I'm not going to say before I went to sleep, I'll before I went to bed, <laughs> because I did fall asleep. Fell asleep, yeah. I did fall asleep about, it was a little bit into the second episode, I was tired, it's been a long, tiring term, because it's Christmas holidays now. Most people wouldn't be watching TV at 11 o'clock at night if they wake up at, what, 4.45? Yeah, like I've been awake do. a long time. Um, and it, you know it was, it was an alright episode of Coronation Street I'm not dissing any of the, uh, the writing or anything but I, was, I just needed a bit of a nap so I watched it again this morning and now, and now I'm up to speed with what was going on and, uh, and, and Gemma I, I quite often fall asleep in front of the telly don't I but I always yeah. deny it you do you it's me. so frustrating and irritating and I hate I hate it when you do that, because you lie to my face. So <laughs> I'm I just started recording you now. You've had, yeah, but I, I can't put the video up that Gemma recorded last night because um, when, I, when, I, when I was woke up, I had my hands down with trousers. Did you? <laughs> well, I, I was, didn't even notice. I was, I was like Al <laughs> from Married with Children, just a little bit. But I've, got a, I've got a cropped version of it up on Facebook. Um, you have to imagine oh, the rest, so everybody. Funny. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you do put your hand down there, don't you? It's a Keep man it thing, isn't it, guys? Oh, yeah, I don't put my hand down my trousers. No, you got nothing done. What do you... Okay, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know anymore. Thank you very much. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so I watched it this morning about our past six. And then we just had to go to the flipping um, allotment, didn't we? Went so to the allotment this morning. It's still mid-afternoon And we now. spent two, maybe two and a half hours putting together a polytunnel which had no instructions and so I had to um I had to like you were using Google, YouTube weren't yeah you? YouTube and find instructions and PDFs and none of them were for the right one that we were making so we had to kind of guess it and took a very long there time. was a, it took a long time to figure it out and it was really frustrating and not fun at all did it in the end though yeah I know I was really proud of how we managed to do it because yeah. it like we did it perfectly yeah I think your dad was quite impressed as well and he's um He's a temperamental fellow, isn't he? Your father sometimes gets a little bit cross. He's a passionate man. Passionate man. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. the that's, that's, that's time. So we've had a pretty um, productive day. Came back, we had lunch, watched an episode of 2005 Coronation Street. I fell asleep during that as well. Yeah. Well, Danny Baldwin and Leanne were having a date. Yeah, thrilling stuff. <laughs> so if if it all goes quiet during the recording of the podcast... It won't, because I'll just talk. Yeah, if Gemma, if Gemma, if you hear like a hitting sound or something, that's Gemma just trying to wake me up. But anyway, um... How are you doing, everybody? Should we, should we? What do you want to do? Do you want to do a quiz? 
Oh, I know something exciles that's exciting that's happened this week. I had an I had an online Twitter battle with George Banks, didn't I? Oh, George you Banks, did. you know Henry hashtag bring Hen- back Henry. Henry Newton, excuse me, yes. Weatherfield royalty. He challenged me to make a recreation of the Rovers' return and Animal Crossing: New Horizons. And yes, I am still playing that. I know it's not twenty twenty beginning of the pandemic anymore but they brought an update out recently and you can you can just create your own buildings with it so he and i both made a rover's return and we put photos of it on twitter and we got people to vote i don't think people are that interested so thank you if anyone's listening you did vote you're in a unique group a lot of people did vote 58 votes it was enough anyway for me to beat him people in this house it'd be quite crowded no it was great it was um i I got 52 percent of the vote in the end and he got 48 so i'm happy and I know that Sally Ann Matthews voted for my one as well because we didn't we didn't say whose was whose, did we? No. Because we don't want any favouritism. No. So, so my my rovers is clearly the best. So thank you everybody. I might do it more. I might, I might like to try and recreate, you know, Roy's Rolls or uh, Platts Front Lounge or something. It was fun. It was fun. Should we do a quiz? Yeah. You got a good quiz. You're not going to do a record scratch fake quiz like last week, are I'm you? I'm going to do a Christmas quiz. You're going to do a, uh, just a normal what happened in weeks. Quiz. Yeah. Of 13th. the 13th to the 17th of December. <laughs> Years adding in a 1 and a 6. I source the information from Coronation Street. Wait a minute, why 6? Oh no, it is. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> what year is I it? Told you, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, corpus mentis today. Is that the right phrase? Corpulent mentis. Go on, go on. Um, I'm not going to be a mentor today. Coronationstreet.fandom.com I source this from. I know. Um, and I have the question number one. 13th of December, 1971. Hilda and Stan show off a new illuminated what in their front room? An illuminated something? Um, Christmas tree. No. Oh, what was it then? Oh, is that you're, you're only going to guess one thing? Yeah, what was that? I was just looking at a man and he's got his van. Uh, we're waiting for a... There's going to be a doorbell ring sometime during waiting this, quite possibly. A, we're waiting a, for a, a we're, Yeah, waiting for, my, for Gemma's dad's Christmas present. Um, it was a bar. A bar? Mm. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the bar that's there now. And I was like, no, it's not. Because Jack and Vera is different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still not very good with houses and who lived where. 13th of December, 1976. Elsie gets a job where... And immediately threatens to help the employees go on strike. Factory. What was the factory called at the time? 76. Um, I'm going to say Baldwin's Casuals. Yeah, well done. Hooray. Hooray. 13th of December 2006. What shocking news does Violet tell Sean and Eileen? Shocking news, Violet, Sean, Eileen. I'm pregnant. Yep. With Sean's baby. 14th of December 2016, Phelan receives hate mail and tells Eileen about it, but who sent it? A Phelan question. Mm, a Phelan question. Gonna get some more of these soon. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't remember. He got hate mail. Mm, I know. Who could hate him? I don't remember him getting, like, post. <laughs> I don't remember. Like, the whole time he's there, he's like, look, I, I'm a reasonable man. I don't want to kill people, but I haven't had any posts the whole time <laughs> I've been here. Somebody's been taking my posts, and I'm going to kill every one of you until I find out who it was. Uh, Owen? No, it no. was... Who's his arch enemy? Michael Rodwell. Anna. Anna. Anna Windass is your arch gosh, enemy. Yeah, okay, fine. Right, 15th enough. of December, 1971. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you remember your previous... Uh, Oh, the previous bar. answer. What is a Tunisian tango? 
A cocktail that Hilda serves at her bar. It's a cocktail that Hilda orders at the Rovers, because now oh, she's into cocktails. I said cocktail. Yeah. I was trying to Google whether Tunisian tango is actually a real thing, and <laughs> there, there aren't any cocktail recipes, so okay. maybe that's something I can do over Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 15th of December, 1976. What do the Rovers gang bet on regarding Annie that Eddie has to pay out lots of money for? I've got no idea. The Rovers gang bet on something about Annie. No, I don't know. What are you getting mad at me for? Because they're questions that I don't know the answers to. I'll get every right. What's the answer? Whether Annie would pass her driving test. Mm. So, do you think she did or not? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, she did. Good. (laughs) Um, And uh, so he got really shafted here, Eddie, because he had to pay Fred 20 quid... Terry five pounds, Annie ten pounds, and Betty one pounds. <laughs> and in today's money, that's one hundred and forty-seven pound twenty-two, thirty-six pound eighty, seventy-three pound sixty-one, Whoa. and seven seven pound uh, thirty-six. Okay. So what, Big what does he do? Right, fifteenth of December, two thousand and sixteen. Why does Tim start to have second thoughts about the globe he's bought Sally for Christmas? <gasps> Did it not have Australia on? Yay! Yay well done. So how can you get me, like, expect me to know what you know and what you don't know? <laughs> I think I remember when we went to visit the set and we went to the um, prop store. We were looking to see if we could find the globe oh. without Australia on. Apparently, so it's not uncommon for world maps to miss New Zealand off. Really? Mm. Oh, those poor little Kiwis. <laughs> 15th of December, 2016. Steph finds Phelan unconscious on the floor... Who knocked him out? Andy Carver. Yay! Yay! It's outside the uh, builder's yard, isn't it? He hit him with a brick. Yeah. Right. 16th of December, 1936. What? What outside room causes Granny Chad to die? You can't ask me non program questions. Sorry, go on. (laughs) (laughs) What outside room causes Granny Chad? To die of hypothermia. Outside room. The Kazi. The outhouse. The bog. The, the loo. Outside loo. The toilet. I just thought that I just thought Granny Chad was amazing. <laughs> we got I'm, a Chad that listens to I know, that's why, that's why I did the question. Okay. You're right, change your Facebook. I mean your Twitter name now. You're Granny, Granny Chad. Chad. R.O.P. <laughs> 16th of December 2001. Who decides to auction off the Rovers? Natalie. Wrong. Dougie Ferguson. Oh. Okay. That had already gone by then. 16th of December... 2000... Oh, of course it did. 16th of December, 2011. Which two women bicker over who cooks the best Christmas lunch and decide to have a cook-off? <sighs> who is the judge and what is the result? <laughs> I don't remember this at all. I know, this could be anybody. Um... I, nobody on the street is like no yeah nobody's being... that great the only people that are good at cooking on the programme are like specifically Hayley. chefs who are men Hayley was alright of a cook but I don't mm. she... um, Hayley's dead was it like uh, uh, Gail was she one of them you got to tell me who the two contestants no, you tell were me if one of them was Gail. and you've got to say who the judge was Gail and Eileen Mm. I think we would remember that. Oh, I don't remember. Just tell me. I, I don't know. I've got no clue. Who do you think the judge was? 
Um, the Christmas lunch judge. Yes. Who'd be who'd be a good judge of Christmas? Um, You've already said the name. That's a hint. What in my answer? Mm. Um, Gail. No. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> it was Rita and yeah. Emily, uh, and the judge was Haley. Oh. So who do you think won? What do you think the verdict was? And you have the information to know. What do you mean I have the information to know? It was Rita versus Emily. Yeah. And the judge was Haley. She probably said they're both as nice as each other. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> that Haley's such a flake. She's got such a splinters up her bum, does that Haley, doesn't she? <laughs> um, okay. 16th of December, 2016. Jude and Norris. Oh, no, that's not right. Mary and Norris track down someone they think could be Mary's son. She's convinced she's found him when they meet Jude Sawyer, but it immediately becomes apparent that they're wrong. How? Um, I think this is quite funny when I watch this. This is pretty clever, I think. Is he black? (laughs) (laughs) It takes a while. What? They say... You're my son. This is only five years ago. And then something, and then you discover. Does he he say, no, you're not because I've already got a mum? No, you don't know the answer. I don't remember this. Okay, he goes, oh my God, let me tell my twin brother. Oh, Oh, yeah, (laughs) I vaguely remember that. Very funny, that's very funny. That was good. Um, Oh man, my, my brain is gone today. Okay, 17th of December, 2006. Who reveals to everyone they have terminal cancer and why? Scylla. Yes. Because she wants to get money to go to Florida to swim with the dolphins. She had another reason first. She, um, was she getting back at Les? Yeah, for Because he's, he's, he's had a, a one night stand with Yana. Yeah! Okay, not so bad, not so bad. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, out of 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Mm. Well, I'll give you a C. Could be worse. Birthday time. Over half. Who's got their pre-Christmassy birthdays this week? 18th of December, director Mervyn Cumming. 21st of December, John Quayle played Anthony Stevens. Malcolm Hebton, who played Norris Cole. Christabel Finch, who's Tracy Barlow the First. Daniel Brocklebank, who played Billy, plays Billy Mayhem. And the 23rd... <laughs> did you just say Billy Mayhem? <laughs> yeah, 23rd of December, Noel Dyson, who plays Ida Barlow. And every year we have a discussion... We already had it this year, though, about whether you would like to have yes, a festively yes, yeah. themed name if you're born in December and we're still on the fence about it. Along with Hayley. Yeah. Oh, I like any Christmas names. Lunch, All names Georgia. are lovely. Right. Shall we talk about this week's Coronation Street? Yes. Then let us go. Okay, time for this week's Street Talk. First off, Gemma, what did you think about the way that Corrie was shown this week? Because we had an episode... Every day this week, Monday to Friday, with a double on Friday, because there was some, I don't know, a talent show or something. How did you enjoy it? Um, I thought it was alright. I thought it was alright. I kind of I kind of like the fact that there was always going to be a Corrie on every night, but it was a case of, as we've said before, when they've had half an hour episodes on, it's like, it feels like it's over before it's begun sometimes. Yeah, but these were obviously written as, as whole episodes, because the, they had cliffhangers. What do you mean they're written as whole episodes? Well, they're obviously written as to be shown on the same day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were, yeah. So, like, Monday and Tuesday's episodes were originally yeah, written so you, to go so to you had a you had a cliffhanger on Monday and Wednesday night. Mm. 
Yeah. Which was quite fun. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mind it. It was, it was quite nice. It's not something I'd want them to, to, to stick to or anything. But if it was, it's a nice little treat to come home to every day after school. So, um, yeah. Support of this. I can't even remember what the Christmas schedule is coming up. I mean, I think next week on the podcast... I think we're probably going to be recording midweek, aren't we? We'll watch the first couple of episodes and then we'll record it and then we're going up to my dad's for a bit and then we'll, we'll, we're going to be all over the place. I think um, we might be not doing some uh, like bonus episodes for, for the next week or two and, until the awards maybe. But we'll have to see everybody, I don't know. But uh, enough about that. What have we got to talk about this week? Well, we're going to start off with the case of the munchies because, ooh, that all came out this week. M&O's, everybody. <laughs> then we have got the Smoke and Rears storyline. I thought we could... I got a, a long, stupid, silly line storyline title this as well Gemma we could call it Red Wreck Wrecked Mid Marira Cell Elected yeah that's right have a look at what I'm reading Red Wreck Wrecked and Mid Maria or Cell Elected we'll just keep it a smoke and Maria shall we we've also got the the Summer Crush story which merges with the return the triumphant return of the Audrey No Visual story which I'd completely forgotten about about Audrey not being able to see she had a crash with Rita didn't she like three months ago I'd completely forgotten about that but that is back uh, with a bang and a crash um, but she's okay. We then had the Hashes to Ashes story, which kind of merged into what was going on with Yasmin and Stu as well. And um, finally, we had Sarah, Lid, and the mystery kid. Is it Adams? Are you trying to remember this? Well, I was like, what? Lid? Lid of Lid what? for Lydia. Keep yeah. a lid on it, you know. Um, right. Case of the Munch. This is going to be a great episode, I can tell already. Case of the Munches, Gemma. I'm going to do this one. So, Monday morning, we've got the annual tradition of the school boiler going kaput at Bessie Street. They need to get a heat pump. Uh, uh, Maybe they do. It's at least every two years, one of the schools, their boiler packs up, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I I hate to break it to Corrie Writers, but I don't think boilers pack up quite as much as they like to make out. Well, we don't know, because it might be, it's grimmer up north, isn't it? It is grimmer up north. Down south, it's like beautiful tropical sunshine. We don't even need boilers down here. We've never used our our central heat, have we? No, no. (laughs) It's just, it's whenever they want an excuse to have, oh, we need to have a child at home. What should we Why say? Teacher training day or boiler gone? Boiler yeah. gone, it's winter, they it's can't Tuesday, go in It's Tuesday, like it's that. teacher training day. <laughs> my my school boiler has never um, broken. No matter how much I try to attack it with a hammer on days I don't yeah. want to teach. So, just anyway. crying and, and it's attacking it with a spanner. Tyrone can't look after the girls, so he asks Emma to. Why not? So um, she she um, goes back home and she's she's there with the girls and um, when she's there she discovers Curtis's pillbox. Now that's a bit of oh, a problem no. because he's off doing the Three Peaks Challenge, isn't he? And he hasn't got his medicine with him. He must have been out his meds all weekend. What's he going to do? Um, then Gemma comes round and she finds Emma in a massive flap about this and Gemma's like, don't worry. She, she says, look, he's probably got a load more pills with him. Whenever I had my pills and I went away somewhere, I took some spares. He's going to be okay. Fine. Then we have the first very stupid thing that happened on Monday's episode. And, and I will say that pretty much Monday's episode I didn't really enjoy. And there were two <coughs> bits in this story which really contributed to that. Thing number one was that the girls are watching their favourite programme on TV, which is a medical programme, wasn't it? There was like a doctor talking about something or other. I don't know why the girls are watching this. It didn't, it wasn't no, I know. Was it a children's medical programme? I don't know. Or did they just... Fancy the doctor or something. I'm afraid he's had a boo boo. Um, but she, Emma notices, she recognises the words that just, just the very second that she's tuning her ears in to listen to this programme, the doctor says, 
I've checked his vital signs and blah blah blah. Ten CCs of. I see. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. And I watched this like five days ago. Yet, despite that, Emma recognizes this as being the exact words that Curtis said when he checked out Harvey after he got crashed into the skip two months ago. Utterly ridiculous. I'm surely I'm not the only person that thought that. That completely took me out of it. So the idea of this was so that the Corrie writers could say, "Ooh, there's something going on not quite right here." I think maybe. He, Curtis isn't really a doctor, but the thing is, we were kind of already thinking that by this point. So it would have, have made more sense to have had her talk to somebody like Aggie or something and say a word that Curtis has said, and for Aggie to be like, "We don't, we don't use that phrase anymore," or "That's not something that we that you say." I because there are yeah, loads of things like that that like are misapprehensions and things that people say that you know medical people yeah. don't. I'm I'm sure there's lots that else that they could have done, but honestly, I don't think they need it at all. But the very the the very fact that a she happened yeah, to be yeah. listening the moment that he said it, unless well, it's his well, catchphrase, well. I've checked his vitals and whatever, or I don't know. Well, Utterly I'll ridiculous. tell you another way they could have done it and had it a bit more um, thingy. What is if Hope and Ruby had been watching it and it had been his catchphrase, and then they had repeated it like na 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 na, his vitals or whatever. Yeah. Like they think it's funny and cool, and they keep repeating it. So, but we... then you know, why would she have not heard this before? And how has Curtis seen this? Well, I, when I it's think Hope and Ruby's favorite program. I think they had the DVD of it, didn't they? I, I don't know. It did that really seriously didn't make but sense. But they're around Curtis's ha- Curtis and Emma's flat. Yeah. They don't live there. Um. Tyrone no. is Tyrone staying with them. Yes, he is, actually. So the, the kids would have been around and they would have had this programme on. Yeah. It's best not to think about it too much. Because but... really, there would there could have been many times when Emma had been sitting around while the kids are watching this medical drama. Yeah, I know. Anyway, <laughs> they, 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 to try and deflect your attention from that um, strange bit of, uh, of writing, they try and put something else in, which was... Ruby just randomly walks over to Curtis's pillbox and's like, "Oh, I'll have one of those, thank you." What the heck? How old? I don't know how old she is. Seven, eight, older, nine, maybe. No, a kid would not just randomly you're, go over there. I'm not wrong. You, no, because I know they should have put a line in there or something to explain why. But kids do weird stuff. She just randomly walked up yeah. to a pillbox and goes, yum, yum, I'll have that. And they got Hope going, Ruben, no, that's dangerous. I know, but she might have gone, oh, if this makes Curtis's heart strong, then maybe it'll make my heart strong. Or so. You know what I mean? Kids have got weird logic. They if, Otherwise, they'd be driving cars and <laughs> running the country. They do, but that was... I, I was just watching this going, what, what is this at this point? That was two really awful bits of plotting that went on in that episode. Luckily, it, it improved since uh, after then. But basically, this is just an excuse It was inv- for incredibly Emma, clumsy. For Emma to rush Ruby to the hospital, hand over the pills and say, look, she's swallowed some of these, I don't know what it is. Okay, go, go and, uh, and the doctor's like, don't worry, we'll find out. Comes back a little bit later and dun, 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 it turns out that they're vitamins. So these things that Curtis has been popping have been nothing. They've just been a placebo. Well, no, not a placebo. That's not the right word, no. is it? They've just been a, a, a fake... Um... Yes, part of his lies. Yes, part of his lies. So that was the that was a cliffhanger on Monday. And now... I would imagine that... Well, I remember reading my friend's pharmacy book and... I think all pills have got like different designs and patterns. Oh, yeah, you on tell them. me this. And you can look up, and you can you can match what the pattern of the pill is. Yeah. So they would have just done that, I would imagine. This one with, a, they... like, with a, like an imprint of an orange in it or something. Like there's a Flintstone <laughs> on this. I think, this one. Um, uh, maybe they. I thought it was ecstasy or something. Maybe. 
Maybe they had it and they're like, they're pretty sure this is a vitamin, but I don't know. I'll take it. Oh, I feel healthier. <laughs> yeah, Best this is definitely. It's either that or it's St. John's wort. <laughs> Next day, she, Emma's still, she's in total denial about this. She's like, no, they can't be vitamins. These are the medicine that Dick Curtis has for his, for his dicky heart. No, it can't. For his it, unnamed, unspecific, undiagnosed heart condition. Yeah. That's super, super fatal. But... It's that. It's for that. Back at home, Tyrone's really worried about this because he. Tyrone's at this point, being an asshole. Well, no, he he doesn't realise that at this point that the medicine was just vitamins. So he's having to go at Emma and say, "I can't believe you left left these left these pills out." His heart medicine. Ruby's taken some. It could be anything. And Emma's like, "No, it's okay." And Tyrone's like, "No, it's not okay." Just because the doctor says it's fine, I don't. I know, second but I still opinion, think he's being please. An asshole. No, he was a little bit. Because it's like, well, sorry. If you don't like it, look after your own children. <laughs> he was like, working. I He's didn't very deliberately under cars. give the children pills like horse pills to kill them off. I think. I and, think and maybe it's not like he's father of the year. True, but I think maybe he's maybe a bit frustrated because Emma's kind of chill about it and saying it's fine, and he's like, I don't believe it. So anyway, she she eventually has to explain that it was just no. She doesn't tell the, the truth actually, is, does she? Is Easy. I, I understand you'd be mad, but she did exactly what she needed to have done. She took the kid immediately to hospital yeah. to get it checked out. It's not like she said, oh no, she's taking a pill, but she's fine, it's okay. You know what I mean? She immediately sorted the problem in the most responsible way possible. This is exactly what happened to poor Emma when Eccles died. She had no, she had no control over the situation. Somebody else put her in charge of something because she's, she's like a walkover and she'll do whatever you say if you ask her nicely, because she's too nice to say no. So she's she's already been fobbed into doing this, looking after this dog and looking after this kid. Then the blooming dog dies or the kid takes a pill. And then next thing you know, it's all her fault. <laughs> you know, she's the worst person on earth. She's getting ranted at, left, right and centre by everybody. And she hasn't done anything wrong. <laughs> I mean, if children were self-sufficient like that, like I said... They'd be running the country and They'd be cars. Boris Johnson, wouldn't they? <laughs> the absolute competent leader of the free world. Um, so um, Emma says to him, look, she just got some of my multivitamins. They must have got in there or something. So she doesn't at this point obviously say that it's Curtis because that's still a uh, secret to most people by the end of the week. Well, she doesn't even know why there are vitamins in this. No, she, she she doesn't get what, what's going on at the moment. She's kind of piecing it together as the as the episodes go on. So later on, she goes over to the cafe and, um, and Bernie says, to, says, oh, Gemma's told me about Ruby taking Curtis's medicine. Emma has to say no, it's just multivitamins. And Kurt, uh, Steve is there listening in and he's like, hang on a minute, you're saying Curtis has gone off to do the Three Peaks Challenge without his medicine. And Emma says to him, oh, it's fine, I've heard from him, all is well. So it's... Lies. She's, she's been, she's been um, caught up in, in this spiral of lies that Curtis has, has got going for him. So well, he comes back to um, face the consequences later because he's home, end of the episode. He finds Emma in the dark, she's all sad and teary and says... What is this? What are these pills? They're, they're vitamins. They, they, you said they're your pills. And he's, he says, um, yeah, uh, no, no, he, he, he can't, he's he got no, he's, he just, I didn't, I didn't know. I, I don't know what they are. And Emma says, you're fibbing, you massive liar. This is what's been going on here. And he's all offended at first, isn't he? Yep. He says, oh, no. You, oh, no, you're checking you, up on you, me. You, yeah, you're checking up on me. You don't believe me, what, what I'm saying. And, well, actually, yeah, I, I found a homeopathic remedy because all these other pills that the doctor had been giving me weren't working. So I did a bit it's of research. And, and, yeah, these, these vitamins do help my heart, actually. I'm definitely well, like, dying, though. He's like, they can't do anything for me. And I was worried about all the side effects of those pills. Mm. I'm going to start hatching a new thing that's wrong with me based on the side effects of the horrible heart pills that yeah. are so strong and evil. 
don't worry, love, I'm still... Dying. I'm still dying. It's okay, it's still fatal. Yeah. Wednesday. Bit of an awkward morning for Curtis and Emma. He's still looking for sympathy, though, saying, oh, oh, my kidneys, they're packing in because all these pills that I was taking. Oh, oh, oh where is me? And Emma's I've definitely saying, got kidney failure. Yeah. And, and and Emma, she she doesn't know what to do because she he was he got mad at her the previous day when she was since she confronted him and, and called him out on being a liar and she's like oh yeah oh sorry oh and he says you gotta swear that you trust me and um, she says she does but then when he goes off she has a look on his laptop and very handily he's got a website up that says ten signs that you've got kidney disease or something along those kidney lines failure. so yeah that's right so she. She knows that he's the sort of thing that he's right, just been yeah. saying he's got from there. He needs well, to he, cover he his tracks a bit better. Off the list of symptoms. It's his own fault, really. I mean, after this happened, he left his medicine out, and so he he should be feeling, oh, I think they might be on to me at he this point. He should be a bit more secretive. Close down your browser window. I know. Or, or you know, do it in incognito, incognito mode. mode. It's not just for you know what. <laughs> it's for also. It's not just for looking at pictures of Voldemort. <laughs> Um, so Emma phones up Neville. Um, remember that uh, Curtis's dad slash stepdad. Uh, slash up. dead dad. That's that's dead dad. Yeah, they, they meet up in the cafe, and uh, he d- he didn't know that this. He he assume he was told I think last time from Curtis that he that Curtis and Emma had split up. So he's like, what do you mean you got a wedding coming up next? And she says, look, I just wanted to meet up with you to so you could fill in any blanks about Curtis's heart condition. And then he's just like. You need to get away from him as soon as you can. He doesn't have a heart condition. Yes. Um, well, no. Does he say that? No, he doesn't say well, that at this point. He just—he's just very st- strongly hinting. You need to get away from from my son. And yes, that's right. He is my son. I am his real dad, um, not his stepdad. Um, so then Emma comes home at the end of that episode and says. Um, what, what's going on? I've just been speaking to your dad. And Curtis says, oh, don't worry about that. They've confirmed it. My kidneys are packing up. I haven't got long left. And she's like, I know there is nothing wrong with you. And Curtis says, who's put this idea in your head then? This is Thursday we're on to now. I've been talking to your dad, says Emma. Your real dad, your actual living bona fide dad. Um, he says, she says, um, that his dad said that he has got factitious disorder so it comes out at last the name of this thing that uh, that Curtis is suffering from he's like no I don't um, I'm definitely dying I've got bad kidneys I've got bad heart anyway we're getting married next week and I love you isn't that, isn't that going to be lovely let's change the subject and so he says one last chance matey tell me the truth and he's like okay fine fine I'm not dying I couldn't believe that he admitted it I know I was so excited um, so meanwhile um, well, this is going on. Steve's telling Tracy that Curtis has put £4,000 in Oliver's account. We see him doing this earlier. I don't, did, did it, was, I don't know where we got this £4,000 from. Was this the money that Steve we, nobody, gave him months ago? Nobody can work out where this money came from because we had a convers- there was a discussion I saw on our Facebook group and some people think that it's Steve's money and some people think it could be the money that he earned from the speaking engagement that he did at the weekend. But mm. that would be quite a lot of money for well, a, yeah, exactly. a support group. But he obviously did get some money from that. So it's very confusing. Yeah. And he obviously had a specialist look at him. But I don't see how it could have cost £4,000 for him to go, you again. (laughs) So anyway, they met their target. They got their 100 grand. What a great bloke Curtis is, says Stephen Tracy, etc, etc, etc. Speaking of all this adulation and praise that's coming Curtis's way, that's what he says is, you know... Why one of the reasons why he does this? It, he says, "Oh, when I was when I was sick, when I had a kid, or I had an operation, and um, when I was a kid, yeah, yeah, yeah." 
Uh, my, my parents stopped fighting. They looked after me. Because this is the thing. I said this before. Factitious disorder can sometimes um, come about when you have already had an illness as a child. Mm. And he did have a hole in his heart and it got fixed. And he's got a scar on his chest where yeah. that had happened. And um, that seemed to be a trigger. Yeah. For him. So, and, and he, he talks about this. And he says, look, maybe I thought, well, maybe if I'll get ill again, my parents will get back together again. Maybe they'd focus their attention on me a little bit more. It's really difficult to stop now it started, especially with everyone saying what a hero I am. And, um, and, and, and throughout this conversation, Emma realises as well, she puts two and two together that he was never actually a medical student. And she says, look, you never even gave me the chance to meet the real you. I don't know who you are anymore. And he says, look, we start now. We're fresh. I've told you everything now. Um, let's let's start again and get married next week. I'm no. not. I'm not sick in the physical sense, but I am still mental. sick in the brain. Um, so Emma says, but what about lying to my family? You wasted all that money. My, my dad gave you money for tests you didn't need for the consultant and everything. How can I ever trust you? And all the, the audience is going, yes. What you to, can't. You can't trust him. He's, Don't marry him, you he's plonker. abusive. He says, look, I just want to get help. I want to get better. And she takes off her ring and says, pat your bags, sling your hook. You're out of here. She Good. goes over to see Stephen Tracy and Steve can see that she's upset here but she thinks at first it's just you know more of her being worried about Curtis's illness. Um, and he says, look, I, I want to take you and Curtis out to dinner, please. Um, so so they, they, they agreed to go to um, the bistro. Um, Emma goes home to find Curtis. She finds him packing his stuff, says, tell me more about this money because Stephen Tracy had told him about the £4,000 he'd put into the account. Um, she says, right, I'm going to give you one more chance, one more chance, as long as, soap trope incoming, no more lies. No more lies. Hashtag Honestly, please. please. Yeah. We're never going to lie to each other everybody. ever again. We're going to tell everybody about the fact that you're nuts. Straight, straight, oh, sorry, that's very... In, um, well, I already said mental. Well, we did say before that there aren't very many people in the world that have well, got Well, just because there disorder. aren't very many people that have it... Um, doesn't mean that you can be mean but one of the things about this program is they are showing that lots of people i mean amy i suppose is the the main person that knows at the moment are having the quite i would say natural reaction to saying what a massive liar he is can i just say something here and i've thought this before about other things and it's probably not right to say but I i don't think i'm the only person that thinks it um just because your bad behavior has a name doesn't mean it doesn't affect people and it isn't, you know, a bad, mm. you know, it doesn't have consequences. Like, I know that it's got it's got a name for it, but there are lots of other things that people do and say, like, you know, what Jeff did to Yasmin. If, if tomorrow somebody said, oh, no, that's just domestic abuser syndrome, <laughs> you, know, you know, would everybody say, oh, well, in Poor that Jeff. case, he can't help himself. You know, there's, there's really... And Curtis does know what he's doing. It's a pattern of behaviour that is caused by some kind of problem that you've got, either either for whatever reason, because we said before, factitious disorder can be due to anxiety issues and stress, or it can be due to having a borderline personality disorder. Mm. And, um, you know, Jeff probably had a borderline personality disorder or some kind of, you know, issue along those lines. It's never diagnosed or mentioned. Mm. But he still abused Yasmin yeah. nearly to death. 
And, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I feel Curtis bad. Curtis has clearly his... driven his dad insane just yeah, looking at he's him. he's ruined so many people's lives. Yeah, and, and um, he could have tried to get help for it, but he hasn't. Well, he prefers to the get thing. the attention. It's very difficult. There are some things that are very difficult to treat because part of the problem is that you don't recognise that you need treatment. And I totally understand, and, and you know, but... You, you can't just wave your hand and say, well, he, he can't do anything about it. or Especially so in a world like him. Corrie, where you can get a next day psychologist's appointment at a drop of a hat. He could have just strolled into the office at any point. I know. Anyway. I know, yeah, it's, um, it's one of these things where there's a very good saying from another podcaster that I like to listen to. It's called Marcus Parks. And he said, your mental health issues are not your fault, but they are your responsibility. And I, I think that's one of the best quotes I've ever heard about it because um, you have to seek help. You can't just you can't just inflict the, these issues on yourself and people yeah, around you. You can't just use it as, as an excuse to. Um, I mean, it's, it's, to do whatever you want, really, because I mean. And so it's obviously obviously some mental health issues are much more severe and serious than others. It just feels like that with what Curtis has got. I understand it's a compulsion, but there are other things too that are compulsions. Like, you know, some people are like compulsively steal things, you know? Mm. Does that mean they shouldn't go to prison because it's a compulsion? Mm. Instead exactly. of instead of stealing because you're, you know, I would like to, I, I want this thing or I need the money, so I'm going to steal it. They're just like, just, just, just fancy. I'm sure, they had a, I'm sure they had a story like on Like Rider. Who was that on Coronation <laughs> Street that had a, a bit of a kleptomaniac... Um, Spade. Uh, I'm thinking about like ten years or so ago. I'm sure there was somebody. I don't know, but you know that's just an example of antisocial behaviour that's yeah. driven by some kind of mental compulsion that, you know, still causes criminal behaviour. Mm. Mm. It's just unfortunate, but it's not. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to not say that he's a he's a total arsehole just because <laughs> there's a word you can say. This is what's wrong with him. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like he didn't know either. This is the thing. It's yeah. very difficult to... to it, I try to empathise with It kind of comes out that he... Well, I mean, because he talks about it, because they go to this psychologist on Friday, don't they? Um, Emma has to lie to Tracy and say, oh, we're going to see the wedding photographer, sorry, I can't start yeah, my hen do at nine o'clock in the morning for I some know, reason. She's like, let's go get so they, drunk. they go to this psychologist and he says, yeah, I make things up. I tell people things about me that aren't true, that I'm sick, that I'm dying. He says sometimes he is disgusted with himself and sometimes it just feels normal and he's not sure if he wants to stop yeah. because he likes the attention. So he's very, very aware that this is going on and the effect that it's having on people. Yeah, that's says, right. They they honestly they are, they know that they this is the thing. Um, I did have somebody ask me this question the other day about um fictitious disorder. Do they know they're sick or not? They absolutely know they're not sick. Some of them make themselves sick. Some of them just pretend to be sick. So it's not like hypochondria. No, where it's, it's like different. I think I've got something. And the other wrong thing I also me. wanted to say is that if this feels to me this fictitious disorder it feels to me as though it's a symptom of something rather than a disorder in itself. So um, Curtis, I think, has got some kind of personality disorder and this is a symptom of that issue, not the other way around. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, So, So it can manifest this lying about being sick. It could be because I'm really worried and I feel like nobody likes me and I want to get attention or I'm lonely or something. So I'll then do that. So the actual root cause of the problem is something completely different and I don't think people know enough about factitious disorder to be able to really properly 
understand how to treat it because surely it's very dependent on the source of the problem Mm. (coughs) so if you're if you're if you've got anxiety obviously treat your anxiety Mm. and then it will one thing I'm wondering is, yeah, when they when they do these issues stories on Coronation Street, quite often it's to raise awareness of it and you'll get people who are watching going, oh, I know somebody who's like that. Oh, I think so-and-so might be being abused. Oh, I think so-and-so might have OCD. Or, oh, I recognise myself in this. I wonder if there's anybody that's watched this story and has either realised that they've got it or they recognise the signs and seen somebody and think maybe someone else has got it. Or maybe they've just accused somebody else who's having I know. it. Who's actually Can I really just say, the other, the other reason that I really am not that sympathetic to this, even though I really, believe me, I'm trying to be, is that it causes, first of all, it causes problems for people who already have difficulty accessing healthcare because they're not believed because of symptoms. There have been decades of women going to doctors and it mostly is women with issues that's you know that don't get diagnosed properly because they don't believe them they think they're malingering or lying or seeking attention seeking or trying to get drugs for some reason and they they can't find what's wrong with them so they just think they're making it up it's also using up space in hospitals and doctors surgeries for lies when we're going through a pandemic there are people that are dying because they can't get to the hospital i think and you've this got is something curtis that emma says to curtis around like going way. i just want attention well you know what you could have actually done the three peaks challenge couldn't you you could have actually raised that four thousand pound for oliver couldn't you and then you would have got the attention mm. Mm. well i mean he, i guess he got some attention at the speech that he did didn't he it just, he went and they went to this these people and said how awful it is living with a heart condition. But look on the bright side. It just seems it just seems so frustrating because genuinely it seems as though if you have this you cannot really stop yourself. Mm. And I just it makes it worse in a way, doesn't it? Because yeah. this silly it's silly and it's time wasting. And you know, worst case scenario, some of these people. Will will cause somebody else to die because they couldn't get treatment or they weren't believed when they went to go and get help, yeah. or some of them actually end up killing themselves because they make themselves sick. And they, uh, I've heard of instances of them of people with this injecting things into their bodies, like what did I tell you? Yes, bacteria, feces, fecal matter. Yeah, all kinds of to make themselves ill to get the attention. Mm. It's obviously a horrible thing to have, but it's you know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know if anybody did watch this and thought, hang on a minute, I've got that. Or even know, like looking the at the other side, like going, oh, I hadn't really considered that it stops other people from getting the treatment they need. Maybe I should if try and get some If you're a doctor and you have somebody coming into your office and they're already quite emotional and it feels as though they're playing their symptoms up and you're not sure that there's actually anything wrong with them because you can't diagnose anything. It's just, you know, just pain somewhere or here or whatever you're going to think, is this factitious disorder? Mm. Isn't it, wouldn't it be easier if it was? And then you'd be like trying to get them help. And part part of the thing about having it is that you deny you've got it. Yeah. Or it just, <laughs> the, you know, the fact that this exists causes harm to people, not just the people who have it. And that's before you even take into consideration Curtis's poor parents and what he's doing to Emma and what he's now doing to Steve. Yeah, poor little Emma. 
Mm. Poor Emma. She's going through the ring of this week. She she um after they finish talking to the psychologist, she goes and has a little bit of a private chat with her and says like well, really comes back in, really struggling she? with it. Yeah, she does. She goes back in. Can you actually help him? Because I'm getting married to him in a few days' time, and I don't know if I can spend my life with someone who I can't trust. Well, I I really did not like this scene. The the says the woman says, oh, it's possible, but yeah, small small steps. That um, was really. She I mean she couldn't have turned around and said maybe you shouldn't. Marry him. How long have you known him? What, six months? Yeah, maybe not. I don't know what... <laughs> I do not know what the... Um, what the procedure is here. But, you know, she's not a real therapist, is she? She's a fake therapist on a TV show. Um, so she doesn't really have to follow the rules <laughs> because <laughs> nobody else seems to. But honestly, it is incredibly, incredibly difficult to treat this. Uh, you know, if you know somebody with it or if you have it, I'm sorry to say, it. you know, to worry you. But it's all... It's, it, I don't think they really know how to treat this. So the fact There's that this no, therapist like, cognitive therapy. It depends on the sim- on the on the root cause of the issue. Mm. If you have borderline personality disorder, that is a lifelong therapy issue that you have to continually battle with yourself to make sure that you are not because it, it can it manifests in abuse a lot of the time. This is what Curtis is doing to to Emma. He is abusing her. He is lying to her and manipulating her. And nobody can tell me anything different. So this this therapist, I don't know whether she's employed by Curtis or employed by them both as a couple. I don't know if she's an actual um if she's a couples counsellor or if she's a medical counsellor mm. or who she is or what she's doing if she's not a medical counsellor she should this is beyond her remit but she should say to emma actually the di- the prognosis for this is incredibly bleak this is going to be hard work and very tough for you both yeah she needs to be honest with her not getting a wishy-washy <laughs> oh small steps one but one by one first thing he's got to do is stop lying about being nearly dead <laughs> you know what i mean she she needs to be straight with her it is not easy to live with yeah yeah um, so they go back home, they have a bit of a soppy moment together, and I love you, I love you, boo, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then the stag and hen night revelries get underway, um, and, and fans of Crazy Mary were probably loving it last night, when she was striding down the street with her, um, with her slash and, and fawning over Adam Barlow again. Um, Amy's there as well, wearing a nice, uh, green leopard skin thing, wasn't she? That's quite funny. And, um, and she says, she, she does a curly, doesn't she? She tells Emma that she's got, she's named a star after the two of them. Sweet. And, Emma, and um, Emma had a tiara that said Bridezilla without the eye. Oh yeah, it said Broodzilla, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, but Emma, um, Emma hits about the star, goes off upset because she's obviously still, um, a bit torn up inside about whether she should actually be marrying this bloke or not. Emma uh, goes home, Amy chases after her. I wonder whether when Emma got this tiara, she said, oh, but there's no eye in Bridezilla. She's not Bridezilla, <laughs> so they took it off, but there's already a second one. So. Maybe. <laughs> that didn't work. Did it? No, didn't. Um, so, and back at home, this is when Emma confesses to Amy that I've been I've been keeping Curtis's secret um he's got factitious disorder it's a real it's a real issue and Amy's like what the hell I'm disgusted with this guy why on earth would you still want to marry him he's been lying to you we're lying to everyone else he's nuts 
I'll tell you what, what I liked doing? about Amy is that she validated my my reaction. Yeah. Because I've been trying wishy washy, you know, my way around it, but at the end of the day, it's Curtis's problem. It's nobody else's problem. There was nothing in the episode that made us that was written to make us think, "Oh, Amy, you're overreacting. You're not. You're not thinking." See, this is about it, Curtis. I find this very interesting because I know that I know the actor who plays Curtis has done a lot of research into this and spoken to people who researched into a factitious disorder i don't know if you've spoken to anybody who says they've got it because i I, you know like i said one of the things no it's not just that it's like you don't know you've you don't admit you've got it you don't really want to talk about it Uh, he's trying to play this quite sympathetically but what does coronation street as a show think Mm. and are they worried about being accused of demonizing people with this mental health condition i know because they'd like to do their issues story so much but it it, it was in no other one would it ever kind of make out that the that somebody with a mental issue was you know a villain or or even potentially villain because this is where we're left at the end of today's episode with curtis isn't it like is he a wrong one to be fair many mental health conditions do impact the people that love you and try to help you Mm. he factitious disorder is by no means the only the only one where people who who love you are going to have a tough time trying to help you deal with your problem Mm. but it just seems honestly like a very abusive Thing. thing to do. Uh, I just, yeah. I, mm. I, I, no, no, it's, I, I agree. Oh, well, yeah. No, no, it's fine. We, um, Amy says, look, people are going to be pretty mad when Curtis doesn't <laughs> yeah. die, you know. Even though there, there is no I time really limit this. on it. They're just be, she's expecting people to just be waiting, going, oh, oh, When's oh. When's he oh, going? Come on, come on. I just really like the I fact that... I my hat that for the funeral. I just really like, I had this really strong mental image of like all the, all the Barlows sitting around in the front room and like Stevie looks at his watch and he's like, He's not dead yet. I don't understand this. And then Tracy starts going, what the hell? He's supposed to be dead by now. I'm really actually quite cross now. because (laughs) He's going to stay alive, but he's so boring. I've got all these bridge rolls in the freezer. (laughs) Um, And Emma says, look, please just don't tell anybody. We will do it after the wedding. And Amy does because she's a kind sister like that. Um, Meanwhile, Stag do. Oh my God. I know Amy's got a lot of, you know, Chutzpah. Yeah, and, well, she's uh, got a bit of Tracy in her, hasn't she? Um, I just wish that she is a bit older and a bit more assertive because I think most other people of a similar age or older to Emma would be like, I don't actually think I'm going to let you marry him. I'm sorry. I'm going to tell still, everybody. There's still time. The wedding's on Monday, it's isn't it? It's not Amy's responsibility, but if, she, if Emma was my friend, I would say, I'm going to do everything I can to stop you from getting married to the guy. And I know that this is wrong, but... I think this is less wrong than what Curtis is doing to you and you're going to thank me in you the long run. you thank me in the long run, exactly. Yeah. No. So, stag do now. So we've got the the beast. Because the thing is, the only reason yes. I'm saying this is not, it's because when somebody's being abused, very often they will not recognise it. And if you try to insert yourself into the relationship and try to break them up, it is only going to cause them to cleave harder to the person that is abusing them. Well, that's okay. like what we saw with Jeff and Yasmin yeah. as well, isn't it? But, when Cathy tried to intervene, Yasmin doubled down. But in this case, Emma knows, you can see it by the way she's crying. And by the way, when Amy told her that, you know, Curtis was was being mean to her, the way that she reacted, she knows, she knows that, she knows that she She shouldn't marry him. She just kind of needs somebody to tell her, to give her permission almost, because she's so nice. I think she would marry him just to be polite. She she would, she would. So she needs somebody to take her by the hand and say, 
I'm taking this out of your out of your hands. This is no longer your problem. Yeah, she's you're not going to marry too him. She's accommodating. She's a bit too much of a pushover. She is, is. Emma. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so poor Emma. Stag Won't do. somebody think of Emma? Let me talk about Stag do. We got Steve. We got Curtis. We got Peter. We got Ken. Nobody else because there's get any always such remember. a bizarre. Yeah, who, who, who can we get in there? Uh, random people. It's the Barlows. Nobody else. Um. Every, they they play a game where they have to decide what somebody else is drinking or does something don't they um and and then they all start downing shots including ken which is quite funny he was sitting there with his shot wasn't he he's going ah oh, so refreshing oh alcohol is vegetarian because <laughs> steve's challenged Actually, ken not. steve says he's going to drink ken under the table which i found hilarious but anyway so they're having a lovely time there hens arrive at the rovers jenny's got a bath bomb to give emma um is was this a um uh, foreshadowing of the bomb that will be dropped at the wedding when it all comes out, maybe in a fragrant puff of puffness. Yeah, puffiness. <laughs> um, Amy says, "Look, um, as she just says to Emma, that you remember you need to tell people the truth straight after the wedding. Whatever their reaction is going to no. be, you got to make sure everybody knows." Emma, this is the thing. She know Emma knows it's wrong because if she truly believed. She had a future with Curtis. She would tell them before everyone before the wedding. Yeah, she's you kind have of. You to lie to people. She's, she's kind of saying, "I'm, I'm going to lock myself into yeah, this exactly. wedding because I think people will talk me out of it." Yeah, yeah. What the only thing I'm thinking here that is a positive is that if we get to the ceremony, we'll get to see Emma's wedding dress. Oh yeah, I I I have Which to say, been designed by Sean. I have seen. What Emma and Curtis are wearing on Monday? Yes, I've is seen. It, a promo is it a Tinky picture. Winky dress like Alice Tinker? No. Is it crazy? Um. Don't tell me. Right. It's it's Monday. You you don't have to wait long. Is to it crazy say. or is it Monday? Uh, who, who can tell? Um. Well, can I just tease you with the fact that um you might the Curtis's outfit might be a bit more um remarkable than Emma's even. I've just got this really vivid image of him for some reason in a baby blue tuxedo with a blue top hat and a cane. I'm saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. So um, he, he, uh, Curtis and, and Steve get back home. Steve's a bit three sheets to the wind after probably getting, I can't remember what they said whether who won out of him and Ken, but anyway. After a while you He realises he's forgotten to pay the charity and he says, Curtis, can you do it? Here's my bank details. Here's my PIN number. Um, but I didn't it's get whether it was, it was. I didn't get whether it was 1966, whether it was 2021. It no, because you weren't listening. What is it then? It's 1966, but it nearly was 2021 because, because of, of the, the Euros. Foot, yeah, yeah. But we lost, didn't we? We did lose. I remember it well. Um, that's also Tim's pin number. Um, I, I wondered whether there was a reason that that was dropped into the conversation. Is it? Is it going to become? you know, crucial to the plot so that Tim's got the same pin number as Steve or that now pin Curtis knows Tim's. I don't well, know why I it would be at the say, moment. It's really stupid. Felt like an odd thing to mention otherwise. That they stole each other's pin numbers, but you do you did that to my computer password. I did, yeah. The password that I use for everything now used to be Gemma's and I adopted it as my own. Um Steve crashes out on the sofa and Curtis is looking kind of villainously at this piece of paper that's got all the bank details I've on. Mine. So he goes back home, have you? He um he finds Emma packing for the hotel to, to go off and have the you know the last night of freedom in a hotel and they have a bit of an awkward exchange about all the secrets and lies that are going on but it ends with her telling him that she loves him she goes off and then he pulls out Steve's uh, card taps away on his phone logs into his bank account and we're kind of left there all cliffhangery 
about what's he going to do with Steve's money. And we're all there going, that's not how charity fundraising works. Yes, that, that did stand out to me. You don't put it in your own account. No, I, I mean, I know that uh, Virgin just giving has now ended because that's what Sal was using for a 50k yeah. phone. Maybe he was on Virgin and they said, look, uh, you need to carry we this on to December. You Can you just look after it for us? It's only going to be for a few weeks, isn't it? But yeah, Steve's got this, this money just in his bank account. It didn't make sense. And it, it wasn't just that money because it was other money as well. So it's just like his current account. Yeah, he was just putting it into his personal account. Yeah. That's stupid. Although I think maybe they had referred to this before, because earlier on the year, wasn't Tracy accused of dipping into it to pay for clothes or something? I can't remember, but... Seeing it actually happen there, it's like no, that doesn't. That's not how it works. Well, also, no, it why does it. why does he need his pin number for it? You don't need your pin number for online bank accounting, do you? Tell the person who wrote the script. <laughs> um, the yeah, it doesn't make sense, and and I can understand why. You know, you might you might end up accidentally collecting it all in your bank account if people were like coming up to you and giving you ten pound notes or whatever. But we know that it was there was an online tracker. And we also mm. know that Curtis paid money in and it went up immediately. So it can't be connected. It must be... You know what I mean? It yeah. can't just be in, in Steve's Don't bank account. Don't think about that too hard, shall we? No, I'm not going to think about it anymore. <laughs> I think it was stupid that Steve forgot to transfer it to the charity anyway. Well, why, I also think, why, why did it, it need to be done on right a Friday then? night when you're bladdered? Yeah, exactly. I and also, know. why are you walking around with all the information about your bank in your wallet. Yeah, no, he, he wrote it down. He did write he it wrote, down. I thought it was. I thought he took it out of his wallet I and gave think, it to well, him. I don't know. That's Steve, isn't it? Walking around with his bank details there. But um, yeah, I, I think we all know the real reason all this happened. It's for plot reasons and cliffhanger-ish reasons. How um, else are you supposed to steal the charity money? Yeah. So do, what do you think? I, I, would, I don't know whether he's actually going to steal it or whether it was just there as a bit of a tease to the audience to make us think that he's going to steal it. But then on Monday, he has actually donated it to the charity because surely Steve Steve will be able to check on Monday morning, like, oh, Curtis says he's done it. Yeah, it's all in there now. I, I don't know. And I also just would like to point out that if I was Curtis and I wasn't an evil villain, I would say no. Mm. Somebody said to me, would you like to transfer £100,000 from a bank account to another bank account at like midnight while you're slightly drunk? I'd say no, because we already had to transfer a load of money for the house deposit. And that oh, yeah, that's terrified terrifying. Me. And that's not, you know... That wasn't £100,000. No, it wasn't £100,000. It? <laughs> yes, kicking a few buttons. Um, but I don't know. I, I still haven't really got the impression that this is all about the money and that he's just going to take it and run. Well... Because I think he, in, uh, as, as ill-advised as some of his decisions might be and as you know, as cowardly as he sometimes is for, you know, not just confessing the truth or, or, or whatever. I, I haven't... It doesn't seem like he just wants a load of money. There's not when the clues dropped into the scripts about I haven't got anything. I, I don't know. It would be bad plotting and um, mu- muddied motivation if that were the reason. Mm. So I'm not... I don't know what's going to happen with that. But, you know, the other thing I want I, I just, to I point think, out... I think he's going to do it. ...is that I am the expert on this, as you guys all know, um, because I read a Mayo Clinic article and Wikipedia entry. So those are my credentials, in case anybody to know wondered. about facetious, about fictitious disorder. So I mean. don't worry, put your mind at rest. Mm. I am qualified <laughs> to give out 
opinions about mental health issues on the show. <laughs> so, um, are you are you enjoying this now? It's all Absolutely out. Absolutely, bloody loving it. I, this is Jude two point I saw a funny tweet. Um, somebody said, "Oh, I will love this story even more if on." If on Monday, um, Curtis rips his face off to reveal Jude underneath. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, well, we put our Jude character profile on YouTube this week, didn't we? Yeah. In, in tribute to that. And, uh, and Paddy Wallace sent us a message today saying, yeah. oh, I haven't listened to that. So thank but you, Paddy, for getting in touch I did with love Jude. I thought he was great. I, I, just, I enjoyed I just, Joy Jude more. There's totally fascinating about compulsive lying to me. I, I found Jude more entertaining than Yeah, because here's, a, here's his comedic lies. He's like, but I'm Dr. Barlow. I, I'm, a I'm a marine biologist. I'm a marine And get I'm that dinner expert. party. Do you remember the dinner party yeah. that he put on with his acting friends? I'm an expert friends? in seahorses. Yeah. And, and going to the, and working at the shop with his shark hat on. Yeah. I've, uh, whereas Curtis... Because I, the thing is about Jude's lies is that he was they were very grandiose, but the reality was sort of so mundane it was funny, like the, the juxtaposition between those two yeah. things. Whereas Curtis is like it's just a really sad and tragic, pathetic attempt. Because the the thing that boggles my mind also is he's not stupid and he's very good looking. Hmm. He could get attention by just starting an Instagram page about his pecs. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. People with factitious disorder, have you heard of Instagram? You can get attention on that for pictures Just of your dinner. Just Daisy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I, I am enjoying this more, definitely. I think... you enjoying Jude more, you said? No, I said I'm enjoying this more. I thought you said you liked Jude No, more. no, I'm enjoying the story more now than I was a few months ago. And I, and I think part of the problem with this story, maybe, although I don't know how they could have done it another way, is that it took a long time for them to get to this stage. And, and, and sorry, but Curtis has been a fairly dull character for most of his run on the show. And it's only really now that it's all come out that I'm starting to find him interesting. And actually, I was finding him... I found him a more engaging character to watch in that little interim period between the audience knowing about it and Emma finding out. Because now that Emma knows, it's I don't know, he's not, he's not sneaking around anymore quite so much. I know, I know he is doing a bit of sneaking like he was at the end of Friday's episode, but I, I quite like the idea of Emma being blissfully in the dark about it. And now I'm watching it going, oh, Emma, you plonker, just obviously don't marry him. Oh, but she loves him. Yeah, she's... I, I think the story does suit Emma very, very well. Okay. I, I don't. I think there's lots of other characters that if they found out that who they were, the, the guy they were dating was doing this to them, they would kick him to the curb. Because she but loves Emma him and is, she wants to help him. She's like, oh, we need to do this together. She's so bloody that sweet. That bloody therapist didn't bloody help her either. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, yeah, in, enjoying, um, not loving, loving, loving. I, I, was, I was also a little bit surprised that the, the reveal didn't come at the wedding. I thought it would be, um, I don't know how particularly, but well, I thought I they'd want it... <laughs> to have it both at the same day. <laughs> I can just imagine um, that scenario would be Curtis and um, Emma at the altar and then uh, the the vicar says, Is there, are there any objections to this? And then the doors burst open and Dr Handy, or whatever his name is, comes running in, <laughs> going, stop, stop immediately. I have the results of your test. You have to re... Emma, you must hear this. Before you go any further, the results are... He's lying! <laughs> Do you think they are going to get married? Are they going to go through no, with it? No, no. I... I really hope not. They they shouldn't. I'd like to say no, but sometimes Coronation Street likes to 
protract no. stories for a bit too long yeah, and having Emma married to him just adds this extra complications no. all this can go on for a I little bit I want him longer. to be gone next week I, I do as well I don't, I'm enjoying it while it's lasting don't don't drag it out what they need to do I mean if they don't have the vows and the in sickness and in health then I'd sorry give me a job writing for Coronation Street because they need to have a line where one of the goes, other is saying it and, and Emma's like oh no oh but it's not really sickness is it Curtis it's not really sickness what do you mean Emma what's wrong oh dad he's been lying the whole time I can't do it and Amy goes yay he's an asshole. <laughs> run away it's the church Amy you can't say that but he goes Shut up, you little <laughs> scroat. You can't say that in the church. Uh, Jesus weeps. Yeah, I, I bet there has absolutely got to be something to do with the sickness and the health line next week. But, um, Who says yeah. it first? Is it the lady? I thought the man said it first. Because, But that's him saying it to her. Yeah, I will look but after then, you, Emma. And, and then she then. has to say it yeah. to him. Yeah. And she'll be like, well, if it's real sickness. <laughs> yeah, and then he'll go. But Emma, I'm sick in my head. <laughs> um, uh, do you think Amy will will keep quiet? If she tells Tracy, the whole thing's off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Once, once Tracy, if Tracy knows and Steve knows, if if then it the will spread is, like, like wildfire. Best one in the world. Amy is very young, and when you're young, you under you un, you, you obviously you know, you know you know stuff, but you don't fully get like what it does a life married to somebody actually mean if you know before you're getting married to them that they have a mental disorder Mm. that they're not really that bothered about treating which is causing abuse to you Mm. you know what i mean yeah like she doesn't really understand that emma would then be tied to this guy until i you know she's she's pretty switched on Amy is. I know. I'm not trying to denigrate young people, but I'm saying the older you get, the more you begin to get a different perspective on what life really is and how long it is and what how you can mess it up. Mm. You know, because when you're young, you think there's loads of time. If I make a mistake, it won't matter. The older you get, the more you think, yeah, that was actually a bad move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still paying for it now. So the other thing is, if Emma does get married to, to Curtis and then Tracy or Steve or anybody really finds out that Amy knew, I wonder what they would say about that. Like, you probably, you probably should have told me, love. I know, but that's why you can't... That's why, you know, that, that just demonstrates, doesn't it, that Amy's not really mature enough to understand that she mm. should have told somebody. Yeah. I'm not blaming her. I'm, you know, I'm I'm fairly old now, but I know I'm still stupid. <laughs> when I get to 60, then maybe I'll be clever. Then you'll be finally reached wisdom. Yeah. Shall we... Um, sp- Don't you think? Do you not think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if I look back at myself, you know, 10 years ago, I think, oh, that's a stupid idiot. <laughs> so now, hopefully, in the future, I'll be even cleverer hopefully. than I am now. Hopefully. I, I, I'm just, I'm glad that Amy got... A bit of a time in the spotlight. I love I do that like scene. Amy. I really like Amy and Emma to together. Yet. They were a really great sisterly couple. I, I like... know we used to like the the Battersby trio, um, but since um, Eva's gone, the fun kind of disappeared from that a little bit mm. because people keep dying and being. They, they sad. don't have enough of Emma and Amy together. But Emma and Amy together so because I they're younger. That they did it, and they and they want to engage in more stereotypical like sister mm. fun things. I think it's very cute. Mm. Right, Smoke and Maria is talking about the wise women of Weatherfield. Maria and her um, campaign to 
Well, it's, it's not just she's this week. She's also going to solve homelessness as well as um, the environment, isn't today. she? <laughs> I mean, this week. Oh, I, I, I'm thinking. Would would this story have been better with Toya? It would have pursued her personality more, but I think it would have dragged Toya down no, a little bit. No, because I think Maria's Maria and Sally are in, intrinsically ridiculous, aren't they? Mm. Um, and Toya doesn't have that element of farce in her personality. Maria doesn't so much, she, although she has been uh, well, kind of nutty that time in the past. she was crawling around on the floor with a lion's costume on. Yeah, but she she is the straight man in this... Um, I don't know that she is. Pairing. Well, all right, can I tell you what happened? God, yes. On Monday, me. Maria's getting a knickers in a twist because there's the Christmas market... No, Ma- Maria, sorry. Christmas market, she wants to be placed in a certain d- different area. She's selling She's Christmas sell wreaths. I don't know who's buying them now. Um, Sally and Maria are going to have a press conference later on today about her electoral, Sally's electoral campaign. And she's like, um, Maria, you can talk about your clear air campaign if you'd like there as well. So Sally's like trying to train her up about <clears throat> how to do a press conference in the bistro. Um, you've also, I don't even I don't, I don't think this is crucial to the plot, but Mary I wrote it donates, down in my notes anyway. Mary donates her mum's old clipboard from vegetable judging competitions during the Falklands War to Maria to help her at the conference. Yeah, keep that in mind, everybody. That's going to that come up That might come up. Tuesday, <laughs> Sally's doing your interview. So she's talking to the um, the journalist and she's, and she's talking about the ABCs of things she's grateful for. Um, and I can't remember what they were now. No, a well, she, is for... I can't remember. But C is where she stumbled, wasn't she? And Maria's in the background saying, it's clear it, clean air, Sal. You're grateful for clear it, clean air. Everybody has a C word in mind for Sally, but <laughs> you're not allowed to say it. Sally's like, I want to put more letters in the alphabet. That's right. Um, <laughs> because she's saying the things that I'm thankful are shrinking. The world's going to rack and ruin. Ever since my zebra died. <laughs> um, she also manages to diss Maria for... For being one of the unfortunates that Sally wants to help, um, so so Maria feels completely patronised and um, moans at Gary about it later, and he says, "Why don't you just stand against her like you were going to originally?" She's like, "Oh, what a great idea!" Wednesday, Tim is not interested in Sally's speech for her community question and answer survey. Um, so she's going to do like, she's going to host a meeting, isn't she, in the bistro later and she's mm. preparing for it. And Tim, as always, a supportive husband, doesn't want to <laughs> know. He's more interested in the moving of the pie stand at I've... the Weatherfield County Arena, didn't they? He had two main concerns this week. One of them was whether there was going to be a pie stand or a tapas bar at the at the football stadium. And the other thing was fishing a sandwich out of the bin so he could eat it. <laughs> yeah, wrapped up in foil. Um, someone comes to the door and they want to talk to Sally because there's a new housing development by the Red Wreck and it's going to be called Beaver's Nook and if this wasn't a comedy storyline by this point now it is she loves the idea she wants to endorse Beaver's Nook Um, they're trying to (laughs) I know every time they said Beaver's Nook Nook I was like Come on. No. Come on. Stop it. Uh, I said to you, and uh, I think Paul, it was said on Facebook as well, that for part of this week, it did felt like the writers thought that they were writing a sitcom and not a soap opera. Yeah, you did say that. And then I... we read somebody else saying exactly the same thing, so you felt yeah. vindicated. It's like there's there's comedy and there's like, I'm going to make every line and every, you know, every utterance that this character says an attempt to be hilarious. I'm going to put jokes and punchlines and everything in there. It just felt like that a little bit, a bit too, too much. Yeah. Like and 90s. just calling it, but yeah, Beaver's Nook, really. Why don't they call it Fanny's Valley? Yeah. What Same happened, thing, what happened to Fanny? Nobody Ga- knows. No, Gail and, Gail and George, Beloved long lost. ancestor. Yeah. 
Right, so um, she she's excited about this um, because this guy's like, oh, we're selling up. The editor of the Gazette's even bought one of these properties, and so he's like, oh, and he and then and then the man says, maybe I can get you tickets to the Weathy County Christmas party. So Tim's suddenly interested. Um, he comes into the pub and he talks about this development to Fizz and Maria. And Fizz says, that's the last bit of green space left on the Red Wreck. Maria's like, oh my God. I feel really bad for the Red Wreck at the moment. It seems to be completely being bulldozed. And I know. And we're not even getting to see any of it. It did feel a and bit... No, nobody cares. Ever since they mentioned this bypass on the Red Wreck, it's been about five people that have shown it any interest. Yet this is the community green space that Weatherfieldians have done, you know, done their walks and their... You Got know, mugged on, done yeah, drugs. Yeah, exactly. Where are they going to loiter menacingly? It's like oh, we got we got Victoria Gardens now. We got we got the Memorial Square of, got, of Green Space. We don't need the Red Rack. It's just so handy right around the corner. Why why didn't we sit on this before? Because it's always been here on I Victoria know, yeah. Street. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maria finds Sally and moans her about um, Fanny Valley, and Sally stands her ground, and then. Maria tells her that she's going to stand against her for counsel. So they have an argument. Maria says, look, I might not be the ideal candidate, but at least I've got principles. And you, Sally, are you as bad as Ray and Debbie. When I, they were doing their um, building at the hotel The thing is, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit conflicted here because I hate Maria, but she's kind of right. But she also don't. I don't think she knows what she's talking about. She is right, but she's just coming across as sanctimonious and dull. And I'm still yeah. every time she opens her mouth to talk about the environment, even though she's been doing this for two, three months now. I'm thinking. You don't really care about it, no, do you, you Maria? It seems to be just the new fad that you're interested in. I know. Um, just because Liam had a coughing fit once. I know. I also think she's incompetent, and I don't think that she could actually stop this from happening. If if you got Sally to stop it... She's got a bit of clout. Sally, Sally actually knows what to do and how to get it done. I know that Maria organised the um, Christmas market really quickly, but I just think somehow that just happened by accident. I just yeah. don't believe in her competency. She just seems very thick. She, she, I know she just doesn't Sally's, seem as uh, in, not informed exactly. about politics as you would need to be to be doing this. Sally's not like a Mensa candidate or anything, but at least she's switched on. Mm. I just think Maria just seems a bit thick. Yeah. She, she doesn't seem wrong with being doesn't sick. seem suitable. Just, I'm, I just don't want to vote for you. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm thinking who 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 do I want to win in this storyline? Wow. And, and, and Sally is clearly being painted as the villain, but not in a you know in a mahaha sort of way because we're also supposed well, to be laughing at her because of the silly funny things nice. that she says. Exactly, which is which is as always entertaining to watch. And also, but if Maria wins, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, shut up. Also, the other thing is, I'm not really sure what Sally stands for. Um, do you? She keeps going about values and local yeah. community and stuff, but that doesn't mean anything. Whereas she at least she Maria, knows the right buzzwords, doesn't she? Le- yeah, but at least Maria's like, this, like I've got two things. But, well, I can't remember what... And this, the second thing I'm very passionate about, and it's been my lifelong goal <laughs> since yesterday when I met a homeless person. Yeah. Because I didn't actually realise that people didn't have houses. <laughs> so I can't remember what... You remember Sir Sally's um, electoral poster when she was running from air with like, the, the teal background? It's like... For the people or something yeah. that it says on there. It was very, yeah, very Generic. vague. Yeah. And she also, um, this week, has cited Nelson Mandela and Margaret Thatcher as like her political inspiration, which yeah. is like the most... I think it's supposed to be deliberately ridiculous. You couldn't get more poles apart. Obviously. But it doesn't really help us to understand 
See, this is the thing. Do you remember when everyone was having a go at me because I said that labels actually quite useful <laughs> to understand who you are and who's oppressing you and like to explain yourself to somebody in a very succinct and simple way. Mm. And maybe you don't completely fit into the, the box that, you know, the label is on, but it still helps to introduce the concept of what you're about. And mm. it was like, no, no, labels are rubbish. Is she a Tory or is she <laughs> Labour or is she a Lib Dem? Like that all, would be helpful like all coronation street political candidates. She's independent. I know, but Maria and Sally are going to split the independent vote. Yep. They can't both be independent. No. Well, isn't well they, isn't they, they will be, but in them? real life, they that would be the, the shortcut to both of them losing. I can't remember what happened when it was Audrey versus Spider and it was only recently on ITV3 that that happened as well, but I can't remember whether I he think was she representing gave up. the Green Path. No, no, she didn't. They... Oh no, she 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 there won. There have been lots and lots of elections where we need to do that as a feature discussion. We one do, point, don't we? I've got a few ideas for new concepts for oh, have you. Oh, save it for the new year. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna forget what they are. Great, write them down. Right, Thursday, Sally's doing a question and answer session in the bistro. She's doing a Zoom call and she's filled the room for some reason with people that hate her and Tim, which I think is included it in that. It was literally Bernie, Tim and Maria were the only and people Fizz. that bothered showing up. Oh yeah, Fizz. Fizz doesn't hate and they're her. All, but they're all heckling her and making fun of she her. She was a little bit, yeah. And and then they go tying into what I was saying about isn't hooray isn't this ha ha isn't this a sitcom? She's able she gets herself stuck on a stupid filter on Zoom, doesn't she? For... Yeah, but that was kind of funny. <sighs> was she was donut or something? I can't I remember. Don't remember. It remind, it was obviously a reference I'm to not that a cat. that guy who's like <laughs> stuck as a cat. I love it. What world do we live in? Right. So. Um, she Maria's trying to ask questions and Sally's not calling on her until eventually um, she, eventually she, she's asked the other three people in the room so she kind of got no yeah. choice but to ask Maria, Maria. says didn't, didn't you used to be the mayor and go to prison and Sally's like yeah but I was acquitted so what about what she should have said was what about you Maria didn't you go to prison after you married that foreign person just to get him a visa hmm? and you're there sitting next to Fizz having a little laugh at me didn't she go to prison as well because she was involved in John Stapes murder so you've got Maria went to prison Fizz went to prison Sally went to prison Sally went to prison Tim's in the room he's been to prison his daughter's been to prison yeah um, who was the other person Bernie Bernie I bet she's been inside <laughs> The whole room is full of so that, that that question wouldn't actually work. Well, it didn't actually... If they wanted to uh, bring all that up, but they didn't. Sally seemed to handle it pretty well. She did, Maria she did. didn't think that she did, but I think she managed to, to, to style it out. Yeah, then, so. supportive Tim says, Excuse me, are you going to support the pie stand at the Weatherby County Grounds? And Sally just closes the laptop and walks off. So everyone on Zoom... <laughs> it's like, oh, it's over now. Everyone on Zoom's like, oh my God, this awful <laughs> happened. <laughs> Is or the, there's a power cut again. The bistro have been hit by a tram again, and like it was 11 <laughs> years ago. Oh, anniversary almost. So anyway, Sally gets mad at home later because she got made a fool of, and she's going to get the community behind her by hook or by crook, and Maria had better not stand in her way. So on Friday, um, Maria Maria fo- discovers homelessness and decides to ca- back, battle that as well, as soon as she sorted out the air pollution problem, of course. Gary goes to see Tim... Because obviously these two are the partners of Maria and Sally. So they, you know, they're united in hating the fact that their their wives and girlfriends are asking them to support them in something <laughs> for once. So they're cooking their teas. Um, so actually, Gary is being a sneak, isn't he? He's yes. trying to work out. He's trying to spy on him. Um, Tim is eating the sandwich out of the bin and then runs upstairs to go <laughs> to the toilet. 
And <laughs> while he's on sandwich? the phone, Gary's tra- phoning. While he goes upstairs, Gary phones Maria to tell him secrets that Tim has just told him. But Tim was actually double crossing him to, to out him as a spy. So Gary says, sorry, look, I don't want this to get between our friendship, which obviously we've all loved and enjoyed Gary and Tim's oh, yeah. friendship over the and years. Inseparable Gary and Tim. Um, Maria just wanted to get some info. So they agree to go down the pub and have no politics. Um, or, or Oasis talk. Because one of them's Team Noel and one of them's Team Liam, and I don't know which one's which. I can't remember, but there was that Noel um, little words on the on the shelf behind one of them, wasn't there, the other day? And I didn't know whether that was a bit of subliminal... Uh, some people were messaging there. Which team are you team on? I don't... Which one's the one that... I don't like Oasis. Because they were the enemies of the Spice Girls back See, in the middle 90s. Anywhere... You remember the Brits? Malsey. Liam, come and have a go. You think it's hard enough. See, I'm from the South, so actually my perspective was it was Blur versus Oasis. Yeah, pretty, that, that was pretty much Yeah, I don't thing. think it, the Spice Girls really were the <laughs> serious competition for Oasis. Yeah, anywhere north, anywhere south of, I don't know... Mm, What's it called? Birmingham. Birmingham is Team Oasis or Blur, but up in Manchester it's Team Noel or Liam. Yeah. Is that right, do you reckon? I, I think so, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know whether it says something about their personalities, which ones they picked, or if it was random. Because I can't remember. I know one of them is a bit of an arsehole. I think that But I think the other one's an arsehole as well. <laughs> yeah. Why do people get involved in it? Just listen to the music. I think the more you know about the people who create stuff you like, the less... You like the stuff. <laughs> anyway, in the pub later, Maria's trying to canvas James to be on his her side because obviously he plays for Wembley. Celebrity endorsements. He's there poking at a hot pot that he apparently enjoyed. Um, so she comes. He comes over. She comes over to him and says, "Oh, can you endorse me for local politics? Because I know that they're doing something with the weather, green spaces or whatever." And he's like, "No, I've been specifically told." None of us are allowed to... No participation in any campaigns related to local developments. Which is very specific. Well done, James. I'm surprised he wasn't just, like, looking on the back of his hand because that's the we had to write it down. Yeah, Just I to know. remind himself. No. It says... I, 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 just football. Football <laughs> Sorry, only. Sorry, Maria. <laughs> um, Maria, Maria then asks Phil to look into this. I don't know why this... Phil's there. Her. Phil's that works on the council, remember? What? I was just trying to work out. I was like, why does Phil take orders from Maria? And then like, oh yeah, Maria is Fizz's friend. And Fizz and Maria and Fizz and Phil going out. Okay. Because if I was Phil, I'd be like, no. <laughs> Gary and Tim turn up, turn up at the pub and it turns out the spying was Gary's idea. And Gary bribes him with a hot pot and tells him to keep his mouth yeah, shut. Gary's idea and not Maria's idea. Because Gary says to Tim, Maria told me to go and have a spy. So that's well, I've that just goes. said it was Gary's idea, but yes. you mean it was Maria's idea. No, 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 it was Gary's idea. Gary said it was Maria's idea originally, but then in this scene he says, no, you're right, it's my idea. Well, then why... Maria said... It doesn't really matter. Maria said what? It doesn't really matter. Maria... Ma- nothing. Maria didn't say anything. Well, I don't understand that. It doesn't, it doesn't make matter. any sense. It doesn't matter. Right. So I ran a poll on our Facebook... Oh, Twitter, I mean, um, to see who our... Was it as hotly contested as my... Michael versus George poll of who can do the best Rovers recreation in It was crossing. very tight. Was it? Yeah. Um, we had 124 votes. Oh, that's more than mine. And it was 53.2 huh. to 46.8. That is close. Who do you think won? I think I might have seen this. It was Maria, wasn't it? It was Sally. Oh, good. 
See, I'm for Sally just because I think Maria's a little uppity upstart. I don't want Maria to be the mayor, not the mayor, the council. I don't, I don't want Maria to be in it. Really, she's kind of dull. I think I, the reason Maria, that Sally was great as a councillor, and, I, and I think there's still some yeah, more great Sally's material more to get funny. out of that concept. Sally's much funnier, and I really like. I know. I think people probably think I'm being a bit elitist and cruel to say that she, that Maria is thick. But the evidence is right in front of your face because she didn't even consider or think about homelessness as an issue until she saw a literal homeless man (laughs) in front of her face and she was like, oh, there's been a rise in homelessness. What, from zero to one? (laughs) Yeah, that is quite... Statistically, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. But... Um, Yeah, I I just think that the storyline-wise... I can't see any benefit of Maria winning this election. I don't need no, to see her Maria's being a councillor. Maria's not that fun. She's not a fun character. And she's and she's she is so sanctimonious now. She is such a. I have not seen a single thing or scene where she has done or said anything that indicates that she's taking it seriously. That she needs to cut air pollution. Or she's willing to inconvenience herself in the slightest bit. No. I know that there was that thing where she said she was going to sell her car. Has she sold her car? Or did she just say that she was <laughs> going to sell her car? I think that when she talks about it, and I, I believe her, I think she sounds quite serious no, about hang on. it. I just think it's not... No, 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 no. I'm quite serious about a lot of things that have nothing to do with me and I don't have to put any input into them. But as soon as I'm the one that's having to do it, I'm suddenly <laughs> less interested. And I think that's Maria down to a T. She needs to put her money where her mouth is. She needs to actually go around. And I also want to point something else out. Local politics is obviously a very um, effective way of uh, pushing your agenda and uh, getting change. Mm. But you don't have to be a politician to do things on the ground level in your community. If she was really serious, she would form some kind of action group or do, you know, do anything rather than sitting around with a thumb up her ass, waiting for a surprise by-election to be <laughs> to, to be sprung because somebody had a heart attack or whatever. To be fair, up until recently, she was being Sally's wingman, wasn't she? It's I only know, been she, in the last few but days But she hasn't she done that, anything. All she's doing is moaning at people and telling them to get electric cars. She's got lots Can of I hairdressing just... to do, to be fair. She's just not done anything. I just find... I think she's sanctimonious and I think that she's trying to make it other people's problem... And she's not doing anything about it herself. I would be, I would be behind her more if she said something. And maybe it's just a script writing problem. They haven't put it in or whatever. She said anything because the other problem is also this is giving the impression to people watching that you can't do anything about it either. What can you do? Mm. Run for election? Well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, she could say something like, "Do you know what, Sally? You you seem to think that it's impossible that we can do anything about." The, the air pollution around here. But since I decided that I care about it, I have not driven my car to the shop in a month. Yeah. I've walked to the local shop and I've bought things there and I've cut out the emissions from my car. Mm. That's one concrete thing that she could say that she has done. Do you understand yeah, what yeah, I'm trying to I get do. Of course to? I do. I'm just, thinking as, I'm just kind of thinking what's, what's likely to happen in the future and I can't see them bypassing through the red wreck. No, they're not they're going, not going to, going to do they? that. Which would suggest that Sally's 
campaign isn't going to win and Maria will be the one to stand in front of the bulldozer or whatever and it's going to make it not happen which is a bit disappointing really because yeah no way is a red threat going and there's also seems to be there's something dodgy going on with Weddy County isn't there like are they planning to move grounds to this new green space the last they're going to move to to this bit on the red rack and that's why James isn't allowed to do anything about it. Well, yeah. Is that why the pie stall situation actually doesn't matter in the end? So but- I, th- I think there's going to be some kind of corruption thing there. And I think maybe even we have um, Tim switching to Maria's side because that's very much well, in his character yeah, exactly. to not support Sally. Traitorous and I think if, if he finds out for whatever reason that, you know, Weather County is going to move not grounds and he doesn't like that or, or whatever, yeah, he's going to be like, oh, I don't want the, yeah, I don't want the stadium there. Um, Sally, you're you're supporting this move, and your beavers nook. I'm not any, having anything to do with this. Speaking of that, I did think that um, that that was particularly in character for Sally to um, be convinced by this property development because we know that she's very interested in uh, yeah uh, mo- moving up to I know he said places. he was called Fanny Valley, but really he should have called it like Cheshire Dales or something. She'd be like. Oh, Tim, I've always wanted to live in Cheshire. Cheshire in Bring Cheshire to me instead of the other way around. <laughs> yeah, she, she's not going to win, is she, Sally? But, um, oh, well. Oh, well. I'm, I'm, I'm semi-enjoying this story. I can't say much more than that. Um, let's, do the, let's do the summer and Daniel and, and also, for some reason, Audrey and Max and everything story. So we started off the week with the tail end of the Daniel problem because we has Mrs. Crawshaw coming to visit Daniel at home. Remember, not Mrs. Crawshaw, Mrs. Crawshaw. Yep. She says, I've come round your house to be a little bit more casual about this. Um, but sorry, we do need to follow the guidelines. You're not allowed to have any contact with Summer for a little while. Um, there's going to be some restrictions in place, but you just speak to your mentor if, if you've got any questions. I don't, I don't want to lose a teacher like you before you've even finished your training. And at that point, I Michael's was like... head whips round. Hmm? What's going on? Has he finished his training or hasn't he? He's not training on the job, is he? He's not doing... Because you can get training schemes where you do it on the job. But he was doing his PGCE back in the, in January. He should be qualified by this point. I know, and I, know, I do know that there have been changes this year to newly qualified teachers and you're not technically fully, fully qualified until two years now after you first start. But the way she was talking, oh, I don't know. I try not to get too involved in that. I can't help it. Anyway, so he's not allowed to speak to Summer. Next scene, Summer tries to speak to him. And he's like, sorry, not allowed to. Walks on. Spray data on her face. Meanwhile, back at school, she tries to apologise for Ardy for how she treated him. Because remember when they were dating over the summer? And he's like, sorry, I'm not having any of that. You dumped me because you fancied Mr. Osborne. Um, he's nearly twice your age, love. I'm not, I'm not accepting your apology. And then later on, she goes into her English classroom and finds Mr. Osborne, Hart, Summer, graffitied all over the board. That's wrong. It's the other way around. It totally is the other way around. Um, Tuesday, so later on that day, basically, Summer goes back home and she's, it's, the, the story starts to go, sort of take a turn, doesn't it? And it's about her worried about her looks and appearance. I suppose it's had a, a, no, a little bit about before. this. She, had, she her did fan- this before. She, she looks at Daisy's Instagram yeah. a few weeks ago, doesn't she? But it's, she's, she's starting to feel that again. Um, and, and she doesn't think she's going to get into Oxford and anything. What, if, what happens if Oxford find out about this? And Billy says, look, don't worry about this. Let's go out for a meal. Let's invite Paul along for some reason. Um, so they're all there. And of course, Daniel and Ken are also there too. Um, and Billy says, Summer, have a dirty burger. 
Um, and then that makes Summer feel guilty because she ate too much. She dashes off home, says, oh, I've forgotten my insulin, but actually she wants to go and put her fingers down her throat because this is turning into an eating disorder storyline. Um, but no more about that because Wednesday is when it switches over to more about what Max is getting up to. He's still homeschooling after punching Daniel in the face. Um, I did quite enjoy the fact that he's written a book report about Downton Abbey because Gail um, is asked said to it give, was a said it was a classic. classic. Yeah, that was kind of funny. I, I want to know, did he watch the whole series about this? Because that's, that's it commitment, isn't it? would have been faster to have watched the red book. Maybe just, <laughs> maybe watched, just the watched the Christmas the movie. film. Yeah, maybe. Um and, and and David's struggling as well at this point, isn't he? Despite all the homeschooling that he presumably did during lockdown, he's finding it a bit tough now that Max has had a head swap and personality, personality transplant. And um, But don't worry about that because they get a phone call to say that Audrey's been in a car crash. She comes home later and it's down to this eyesight problems that she's been having uh, recently. Thursday, Sarah and Gail are trying to convince Audrey that, you know, you need to do something about this. We're concerned about your mam. Audrey doesn't want the first. She doesn't want to be treated like a child. She's... It's, it's really sad, isn't it? Because it's something that you can totally imagine happening to so many people as they get older, worried about, you know, the body giving up on them, losing their independence, and well, especially Audrey. Well, this is making Audrey. me anxious. I mean, Audrey's been all about her looks and the, the, the pleasures of life, hasn't she, ever since she's been in the show. And she realised, she's realising more and more now that she's not the spring chicken that she once was. She doesn't even want to wear glasses now. So she's kind of in denial about this. Well, she's depressed because, wouldn't you be, you know, that's now you forever. You're yeah. not going to suddenly gonna get, get younger. you from it. No, no. Um, so Gail says, look, we're going to get you an appointment to the at the um at the opticians and we'll see what's what um and friday um gail has to you know cajole her to the opticians because audrey would rather she's go too to busy the pub. boozing in the pub yeah i wonder whether she's becoming an alcoholic but it turns out and we don't see the optician scene we just hear the the diagnosis that she has got cataracts 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 cataracts, cataracts. Right. harry hill fans we, we remember that so she's on the waiting list to get them sorted. David says, oh, that's fine then. They just say, zap them off then, won't they? No problem there. And Gail says, yeah, but in the meantime, she's going to stay at number eight. Um, it's kind of... Every so often they have Audrey stay with them. And I, I want to know whether, whether there's going to be any particular plot reason that's going to require Audrey to stay there. I don't know. But obviously David is not into the idea of sharing with his gran again. Even though, I mean, who's living there at the moment? Because Sarah and Adam have moved out now, haven't they? So there's probably plenty of space there. Loads of space. Would you like me to tell you how to avoid cataracts, listeners? Yes. Um, it, 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 it's partly very fashionable and partly not fashionable. Mm. You, wear, you have to wear sunglasses and wide-brimmed hats. Fashion. Eat leafy vegetables and fruits. Not fashion. Avoiding smoking. Not fashion. Oh, Audrey didn't smoke. She, has Audrey ever been a smoker? I can't remember. I don't remember. I think so. But she does seem to me like the sort of woman who avoids smoking, eats leafy vegetables and fruits and has sunglasses I and wide-brimmed hats. I bet she loves hats. a big wide-brimmed floppy hat. So she's a Well, really, she's too uh, late now. She's probably really drawn the short straw there, hasn't she? Oh, yeah. Well. How could she have worn more hats? You can only wear one at a time. <laughs> she's also got massive hair. Surely that does something to, help, to, to shade the sunlight going into your eyes. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, speaking of fashion, this is another funny scene later. Audrey telling Max about the various fashions of the 50s and 60s and the different hairstyles, wasn't she? And the, the bobs and the uh, and what have you. And, and oh, It's so sad and, and that Max, Max is doesn't like, care. I, I just wanted to know who shot JFK. 
it was um, the Secret Service agent by accident. Yeah. So she goes off to the Rovers. To I just want to say what? it's so typical and it's really painful to watch this as somebody who ha- no longer has any grandparents. Of all the times that my, my nans or my granddads would be going yum, 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 to me about something and I'd be like, okay, I've heard this about 500 times. But now I wish I I wish they could come back and tell me some stories. Yeah, yeah. Well, Max, he's just thinking at the moment because he wants to play his, his online zombie shooting game in, doesn't he? So he tells Audrey, I want to go upstairs and do my homework. Can you leave me some peace, please? So she's any excuse to get over to the Rovers, basically. And um, yeah, he goes off to play his games. David comes into the pub later, finds Audrey there and says, look, I've got a meeting at school tomorrow with Max. And, and, and again, I'm thinking, hang on a minute, the Christmas holidays have started. Is the school really going to be open for David and Max to go and talk about him starting again in January? I'm thinking maybe not. But never mind that. One of the many things that I've had to say never mind about this, uh, this week on Corrie. Um, I was hoping, says David, that Max's, I could sort of wave Max's homework under their noses and then they'd instantly snap him back up back to school. And, and now he ain't got none. So what's going to happen here? And that's the end of that story for the week. So he wants Max... He wants Max to go back to school. But he can't because... He can't because he hasn't done his online homework. He hasn't been doing his remote learning. Naughty. Yeah. I don't... I'm not, I'm not particularly fussed about whether Max goes back to school or not, really. Well, I think, you? I think that uh, Thingy is more than you. Yes. But I don't really care whether David cares either. I'm not really um, invested in David anymore. I'm, I'm, I don't like him at the moment. I know he's not. He's not particularly likable. He's never he's... been like a good year for character, is he? He's but, always been f- I mean, interesting. The fact that he hasn't been even nominated for a top lad award after winning it all these years in a row that speaks volumes. Very doesn't worrying. It? I don't. I don't not like David, obviously, but they're just not giving him the right material at the moment or the right lines to deliver it. I think. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I'm not particularly interested in that side of the story. Audrey and her, and her eyesight, are they going to make anything out of this? I don't know, what are you, th- what are you thinking about that? Just, just, it's it makes me feel really sad about how dejected and and worn down she looks. She does, she she's looking old. She looks very old and I, um, I'm hoping that's because they've um, dragged Sue Nichols through a few hedges. Just to get her into, into role. I'm hoping character. that she's is not, like, you know, the actress mm. is um, suffering. But, um, you know, Audrey's always been very sprightly and yeah. and she's always dressed well and looked taken care of herself and she's always very stylish. Even though she is, you know, one of the older cast members. She, she's never noticed her, her. No. Whereas somebody elderly. like Rita... She's clearly like, she's an old lady now. I know. I think that in my mind... Don't let that bottle red hair fool you. (laughs) I know. I have this distinction between being old, which is, you know, just a biological fact of the years going forwards, and being elderly, which is Mm. more of a state of mental and physical decline. And it's sad to say that in the past year or so, Ken has also slipped into the elderly category. Just... I don't know. I think he's come bouncing back a bit because he had COVID and um, I think he lost a bit of weight in real life. Yeah, yeah. A bit and he looked a bit more haggard, which I don't normally like talking about, but you brought it up. Um, but I think both of them, you know, they're quite perky, aren't they? They are. I, I think so compared to Rita, and I can't remember what the, the, the different ages of, of the characters are now, but... Um... Yeah, I don't. They're, I, they're, it's incredible that they're still going after all these years. Anyway, Obviously, I, there I'm is something to be so said. So grateful that Coronation Street has kept both of these actors. 
Well, and, and you know, Knox as well, obviously. it's a lesson that we need to learn going forward as a society that's going to age more and more as fewer children are born, you know, comparatively speaking to the population. Mm. The older the, the population grows, the more that we need to learn how to accommodate people into the workforce who may not necessarily be able to do yeah. exactly the same things as they did when they were 30 years younger, mm. but they're still perfectly capable of doing yeah. what, you know, working. Yeah. Instead and, of and giving people stuff to do that yeah. Well, I'm glad that they're giving Sue Nichols and Will Roach something to do because I uh, do you remember like in Betty's final years, mm. she was very much I'm I'm sitting down at I'm the Rover's sit booth. Down sit down and mind. have a moan for a good few years. And that that was really kind of sad there. But um, yeah, I'm I'm loving having both of those in there. Um I'm wondering whether you know, is Audrey gonna have another accident because she's had two little minor bumps at this point, hasn't she? I'm thinking that surely Especially as she's in denial about needing any of this, yes. I think that maybe something terrible is going to happen. Because she's yeah, going to make her realise doesn't understand, and you don't. She just learn... she, she does understand. She just doesn't want to admit it, well, does she? Okay, she. I don't think she understands how to let people take care of her, and I have to say it's difficult. And but you like the younger you learn how to accept help from people when you need it, the less difficult it is when you get to the stage where you can't refuse mm. the help I... nobody wants to be relying on other people no it's a humbling and sad experience but no. you have to get yourself into the headspace and accept it has to happen she just needs to get back into the dating game and find herself a nice young nice, man young rich curtis bloke to, to to look after her curtis could be her personal doctor because it's not like Audrey has completely sworn off men in the 20 years since Alf died, has she? She's, you know, she's she's held a torch for um, for Archie, for example. Um, and, nobody, and others, I'm sure. Nobody around for remember. her. No, there isn't. But I, it, I think it would be quite nice if they could invent a character, especially if they need Get to rejuvenate the Prats in. a little bit. Because, to, to, honestly, I, I don't think that Max or, or Lily are the ones, or Harry other ones to give exciting stories and you know keep keep the the lifeline of the the platt family going and i know that adding in an an older companion to audrey is only going to keep things going temporarily but i'd rather see more development at that end of the family tree than than down at the roots Uh, i don't know i don't know um over to over to summer um what, what do you reckon about this eating disorder story I suggested it, didn't I? We have, yeah, we said, one um, time ago we said. I don't think, oh, I don't want to get into it because, you know, it's meant, it can be mentally damaging for people to listen to things um, that might affect them, you mm. know. I'm hoping that um, Ardy's going to forgive her and uh, that he'll, he'll be the one to, to help her. No, love herself for who she really is. Um, the thing is, though, Michael, that's all twee and nice and everything, but it's not Ardy that's telling her. No, no, I know it's not. I know it's, it's not. It's so- like society and Instagram culture and people editing photos and you know, it's a sh- in a way. It's kind. Of, I'm kind of. It's. It makes sense that she's fixated on Daisy, but I wish that she would. Um, obsessed about somebody who perhaps she doesn't know and then it's sort of revealed that she actually just edits her photos and she doesn't even look like that in real life because mm. it's almost you know so much on instagram and other social media is just edited or bad the other thing is 
you know, uh, bad bad photos where you know your skin looks perfect because your your phone doesn't pick up all your spots hmm. or your pores or whatever. Don't believe everything you see. <laughs> I'm just saying. But unfortunately, she knows Daisy in real life, and she knows Daisy that is, what is she actually looks like. does she's, actually she is look pretty like actually that. smoking. Yeah, mm. but you know, Summer's Summer's um got a very nice figure. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter doesn't, to her, does it? No, no, it doesn't. What anybody says. The other bit that we had in this story that, well, kind of in this story tangentially to it, was George trying to find a, a Christmas present for Eileen, didn't we? And was it a ma- mahogany table he settled on, I think, after um, she says that that's what she's always wanted. So I thought they were talking about coffins. There was coffin talk in there, but I think she wants a table. So I'm guessing that we're going to see some nice Christmassy George and Eileen scenes, which I think I'm quite looking forward to because they've they've been a couple for a little while, yet you wouldn't know, would you, from watching the show? No. Because they, they had that little bit where the, the will they won't they, but then, you know, as as was all oft, so often the case in Coronation Street, we don't actually get to see what they're, what they're like as a couple. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, on, hopefully on Christmas Day. Um... Okay, so let's let's do the um, what's been going on in Speed Dial and also with Stu. So Gemma, over to you. So on Monday, Zidane's like, well, that's sorted, isn't it? He's dead now. Yeah. And Ali's like, oh my God. This is why I'd never get into a murder plot with Alia because she's such a flake. <laughs> then he gets, he's, when he's alone in the house, he gets a phone call. He sees Alia later. He tells her that's the insurers and they're paying for everything. Hooray. Phew. But Alia still feels guilty about what happened. Um, it's funny how <laughs> in my head, I'm like, I'm, I've totally given um, Alia and Zidane a pass for not calling the ambulance immediately for Hashim, but for Kelly not calling the ambulance for Seb, I'm like, she's just she never, <laughs> just should be burned in a pit. But we liked Seb, didn't we? That's the difference. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how whether I told them in court, but... Well, it, as it's been pointed out many times, it's not illegal to no. not help somebody exactly. in this country. Um, otherwise, the Tory party wouldn't be involved. Oh! Oh, <laughs> oh no! They're you all didn't. the same. They're all the same. Um, <laughs> the Nazirs are cleaning up the mess at Speed Dull, um, and the second Zidane's left on his own, his ex-wife appears, and her name is Mariam. Mariam, not Miriam, as I was writing in my notes. Mariam, you told me later that week. She has also played a character called Mariam in a different show, and I've forgotten what the name of the show was. And she was very briefly in Line of Duty, this actress. Oh. Um, so she comes downstairs and she's like, what's going on? My brothers have been arrested for arson. About, even. Arson about, yeah. Tuesday. Uh, Zidane, Zidane says, oh, I'm sorry your dad died. Um, they talk about Hashim's motives and she's like, oh, it must have been revenge for, for you being a dirty dog. Stealing uh, his money. Later. Treating me bad. Yasmin and Ali are reflecting about what's happened. They're glad it's over. Looking forward to the future. Yasmin feels guilty about how she treated Stu. Then Sudan comes in with Mariam. And um, it becomes apparent that I don't think anyone in Sudan's family's met her, which is weird. Didn't they? I don't... I think Sudan... Yeah, they did. Because Ali recognised her, I think. Well, I don't think that... Yasmin had met her before, but maybe I'm misremembering. I don't think that... Yasmin went to the wedding. I think that she was too busy being under Jeff's thumb. Oh, okay. So, um, Alia can't believe... Sud- oh, yeah, I think I was thinking about that, wasn't mm. there? Um, Alia can't believe Sudan is ma- keeping Mariam around after they killed her dad and everything. 
Um, Wednesday, Yasmin goes groveling to Kelly to try to find out where Stu is so she can forgive him. Kelly's not playing ball. Um, uh, Zidane tries to appeal to Kelly's better nature and give Yasmin a break. She says, oh, I'll think about it. Um, I'll let, I'll let Stu know. And then, uh, Mariam, meanwhile, is trying to work out paperwork or whatever. There's, she's there's just, uh, over the course of those first few episodes of the week, Zidane isn't trying to hurry Mariam out of his life. So there's the, uh, uh, the insinuation that like maybe they're going to be some kind of reunion. They'll get close enough for her to be offended when it finds out that he killed her dad. He didn't kill her dad. I kind of want her to take him back off to Portugal or wherever it was that I they know, were married. I such a grumpy arsehole. I'm not really invested in him. the slightest that um, in Zidane being back in the show. And I was, I was quite excited to hear that he was coming back because he was just always a, a bit grumpy. Grump. To be fair, he always he was, was a bit, grumpy. but he's turned it up to the max this time. Wow, he's got a lot of burdens on his shoulders. <laughs> on Thursday, Stu comes to see Yasmin. She apologises. He says he's just he just be he won't forgive her really. He's just saying, well, you're not the first person to say it, and you won't be the last. Everyone just thinks I'm dirt because I'm homeless. Later, Zidane tells Merrim about how much he hates himself for what he's done. She's like, oh, I don't hate you. On Friday, this is when Maria learns about homelessness when she finds Stu sneaking out of Trim Up North because... um, Kelly's been sneaking him in there to sleep. Yeah. Kelly finds Stu in the gardens. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. It was nice for a few weeks, but I'll be fine. Were were there any particular consequences of that? Or does Maria like, huh? It's a homeless and guy. Maria's like, we need to solve anyway, the problem of homelessness after I've solved air pollution. I just don't think that... Did Kelly get into trouble for, no. for letting him stay, stay in there? Well, no. Gary and, Gary and Maria were just saying to her... Because obviously, Gary will try to give her whatever she wants, really. Mm. But they were just saying, look, we literally can't have this guy staying here overnight because of insurance and who knows what's going to happen. It's not really set up for somebody. You know, what if there was a fire... And he was locked in. He'd just die, wouldn't he? Yes. You know, there are many other reasons like that that you can't just have homeless people living in your <laughs> business. Um, so she gets it all in a half and it really annoys me. Like, Sally, um, Kelly is being sanctimonious as well about this. It's very irritating. I know. She, she and Maria should have a smug off, shouldn't they? I know. I just don't know what the solution is here because... Stu's being depicted as a person who has fallen into homelessness because he lost his job. Yeah. Well, there are other, you know, I've said this before on the show previously, there are other reasons why somebody could become homeless and it's a lot more complicated of an issue than simply here's some money and here's a house. Mm. You're sorted. If it was that easy, nobody would be homeless, would they? No. And that's a fact. And I know people think there's, you know, there's some kind of conspiracy or hatred or, you know, people are doing it on purpose. But it's a lot more complicated Mm. for some people who have substance abuse and other things and issues or mental problems. There should be, there needs to be a different kind of support network for those people that isn't the same for people. They all have different needs. But Stu's case seems to be relatively simple to me. I don't know how much Kelly's getting paid for her job. It can't be much. She's only like I know she's only a sweeper. Making the things. tea. I'm just thinking to myself: What is she? Is she a student? 
I think so. I'm really. I mean, str- she, I'm sure she she was at school, wasn't she? And she's and then not she went got to prison. Any... <laughs> I don't think she's remembered to I go also, back to school like, again. There's since. obviously no money left from really? her parents. I just think. I just honestly think Stu seems to me to be the sort of bloke who literally, if you gave him a grand, he'd be sorted out. He could put some money down as a deposit on a flat, get a job, and he'd be back on his feet. Hmm. Well, we'll, we will find out because he does have a job at the end of the week, doesn't he? I know, but that's what I'm just thinking. I just think if Kelly said to Gary, I just need, can you just lend me some money to give to Stu? Mm. I just, do you know, it just feels to me like it's one of these snap your finger homeless problems where it really doesn't reflect real people's situations that are far more complicated. Well, Stu is a very charming chap, isn't he? I'm sure he could talk his way quite quickly into a job. I understand they're trying to build, you know, they're making a sympathetic person. Because people can be very cruel, homeless people. I just think it's unfortunate that they, they're not very good at depicting the real issues about why homelessness is so yeah. difficult to deal with. <sighs> right, so. She finds, <sighs> she goes to the gardens, doesn't she? Cause she's, well, she's trying to get, she, yeah. She, she chases she, after yeah, him. Yeah, he says, don't worry about me. Then she goes and asks Billy for help and he says, I'll ask some shelters. And shelters are another difficult thing because they have all these rules and, you know, they're used to dealing with all kinds of different people. So they're quite harsh. You know, Stu's not the sort of, doesn't seem to be the sort of person who needs somebody to tell him, you have to be here at nine o'clock at night, otherwise we're going to lock you out. You're not allowed to, you know, don't drink or do drugs. It's like he doesn't need to be told this. But some people who use the same facilities might need a bit more supervision. So I don't think a shelter is necessarily what he needs. He needs somewhere to live and, and a job. Mm. I can't believe he's been homeless on this show with all these bloody do-gooders. You can't move for fallen over people <laughs> on the street who are willing to do everything and anything except actually do solve the issue. Well, if Stu's just too darn humble about it, he's like, oh, don't worry about oh, me. Oh, everyone hates homeless people. I wouldn't expect anything I'll be fine. more from you. You know, where's Sean? Where's Mr. MLM? I used to be homeless. I care about it. Mm-hmm. Everybody well, cares so much, when, when, but not at all at the same because time. Because later on, Yasmin offers Stu a room in a, her house, well, doesn't she? Because um, Kelly kind of organises a peace treaty yeah. between them. And Yasmin says, yes, come to live with me at number six. He's like, no, I don't want to. And I'm like, well, like, Stu, come on, Stu. Yeah, this is kind of annoying. I thought I thought so. I think he's being a bit of an arsehole. He was, he was, yeah, he was he's revelling protect, in his homelessness. <laughs> he's trying to protect his his ego. Yeah, he was. And he was just wrong, very, very wrong, proud. I'm trying to guy. think of a word... You don't have a lot left when you're homeless, but self-respect and not being patronised and not being made to feel like, oh, you know, oh, he doesn't want to be a burden. On the head. Well, not that. It's just, you know, like I, the beneficent, magnificent Yasmin, will bestow on you because of my guilty conscience. Mm. You know, he's got more self-respect to say, you know... I'll come crawling. Thank you so much. Yeah, he your says, grand well, master. He, he says, doesn't he? I'm not. I'm not going to do this just to make you feel better about yourself or the way you treated. I me. understand. I understand that impulse. That's a very human impulse. But at the same time, he's being an asshole <laughs> and he's not helping himself. And it's another example of like literally a homeless person like Dorothy with the with the shoes. All you have to do is click your feet together, that? and um, you'll be taken home again. <laughs> do you see what I mean? Yes. That's not the case. <laughs> anyway, he comes back later with flowers for Yasmin and says, okay, sorry, I was um, being an ass. I'll take you up on the offer, but you better get the 
Get a vacuum cleaner up because <laughs> out and make sure everything's clean. A clean home is a happy home. <laughs> um, also, I'm going to eat your chickens. That's a joke. Um, I'm going to lock you in a box. Oh, I'm just joking. Why are you so mad? Yeah, she gets freaked out by this, panics, says, like, I can't do this, and runs away. And Ali's like, oh, that might have been a bit of a trigger, what that you just said. That might have been said. a bit jeffy, what you just yeah. said there. Stu. I, I don't, don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> she was abused by an evil man. Um, I think you just triggered her. Why can't he just lock himself in the orangery and pee in a bucket? Um, what did you mean? What, what is it that Yasmin called it? An orange peelery or something? She called it earlier this uh, week. Yeah, There's no oranges there. Well, also, she was mad because Zidane let... Marion Mary around, and yeah. she said there were there were um, there were cobwebs everywhere, and then she ran in to dust them after Marion had already seen them. Mm-hmm. Which is very... See, under Jeff's regime, that never would have happened. Say what you like about him, he ran a tight ship. He did. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, she's like, you can't move in, um, but would you like a job? And you don't burn down the restaurant this time. <sighs> Yasmin also tells Kelly she should be proud of herself. And Ardy's like, hooray, everyone's finally accepting you because yeah. you've helped a man, you've killed a man. She's gonna, Kelly's going to be the next recipient of the Weatherfield God, Good Samaritan Award, isn't she? You can see it coming. You just imagine the speech as well. What a turnaround. Beginning of the year, she's kicking a man to death. The end of the year, she's saving a man from homelessness. <laughs> wow, amazing. I wish the Queen was here. She'd be so proud of you. I, th- I thought it was funny that Ardy said, oh, the whole street's accepting you now. It's like, no, a couple of people have. Probably the rest of the street don't care. Probably but most of them don't know who you are. Yeah. The rest of them don't care. And I think also, um, Kevin is still keeping Abby in the house. So that she doesn't see her. Oh yeah, Abby came back on Friday, didn't she? Abby we didn't, and didn't mention Kevin. that. Abby and Kevin are back off the honeymoon. I was so yeah. happy. I love Abby. Oh, yeah. I don't know what she's up to. Well, is it, is it going to come out about her and him ran over Christmas? Oh, I don't know. It seems it's a like, nice Christmas Day revelation. Like well, they need to have something, don't they? Well, got a week. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Because then we get to see, hopefully, Toya and Imran at Christmas time. Last year, they had a baby. I know, they did, didn't they? Um, so, Stu, when is Stu going to die of this know, mysterious consumption that he's got? Like, some kind of Victorian waif. Yeah, he's um, he's really stringing this out, isn't he? He's been a bit of a coffin dodger. Don't worry about me. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's got to be something. So is he going to, is he going to be found dead on Christmas I Day? I can't believe. Is Yasmin going to be like, oh, if I did I, if I did I, I react that way. If he was living with me, he wouldn't be dead now. I, don't I would love that. A really nice, beautiful Christmas Day corpse. Mm. Frozen corpse. I, I just. down Weatherfield Canal. Can't believe that he went to hospital and the, it didn't come up. Yeah. They're just He's like, in oh, there well, for coughing. They're like, well, old. we're not going to look into this because we, you're probably coughing because you were in a fire. Is it? Maybe he's just had COVID and it's... Uh... He said it's not contagious. Oh, no, yeah, it didn't. No, but it might be like after effects of it. Long COVID. Long, long COVID, maybe. Oh, one of those I ones think... that had COVID when it first came out. Yeah, so... I don't know, it's cool. Yeah. I, I think that they're dragging it out too long. Like when they, when you have a little mystery like this, I, as, as a viewer, I feel that I should be um, be satisfied. My, my curiosity you? should be... Um... Sated yeah, immediately. Uh, well, not immediately, but he's been coughing for about a month or so now. Well, the thing is, I feel that whatever this is, it's going to be fatal. Unlike Curtis, there's actually something wrong with him. If it just turns out that he's just got a bit of a cough. Maybe just the actor had a cough when they were filming it. Yeah. To keep it in, it makes it feel a little more it's authentic. Too, make us feel sorry for you more. It's too significant and it's been brought yeah. up too much for it to be nothing. Mm. 
And he obviously knows what it is. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw some people online wondering whether like a romance between Yasmin and Stu could be on the cards. I'd quite like it because I, li- I, I like him. I just wish that he didn't have I just don't this cough because it's put a... Dampener on it. Yes, well, no, it's put a... A, a, a time limit. A, a time limit on him, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think Yasmin and... and um, Stu? Stu have anything in common. Or any kind of no kind of characters. I just together. can't literally see them together. <laughs> He's a nice guy. That's He's all a she nice needs. guy, but so what? He's a good cook. So what? So, you can... so it's Gordon Ramsay, but I'm not going to marry him, am I? <laughs> um, Can't have you... two people swearing all day long. Any um, any any thoughts about Mariam? Seem fairly she standard seems like side a sweet character, doesn't little she? Little Disney princess kind of a lady, doesn't she? She's got a very sweet face. She does, yeah, yeah, but um. Not not much to say about her personality at the moment. Can't because see... it's tied up to the Zidane storyline, which I'm still not particularly interested in. She obviously likes stern men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she likes them stoic, does yeah. Mariam. I like a man that just stares at me like a llama. Yeah, well, like, like she, her dad was quite um, you know, the serious type, wasn't he? So mm, maybe very she, serious. Maybe Zidane reminds her of a of a younger Hashim. What? I would say Zidane reminds me of a llama. A llama. Yeah, blank stare and a bad haircut. <laughs> Speaking of haircuts, I can't take my eyes off Gary's either. Like that. He must have really cold <laughs> head. I know, we started commenting more on how people look and I don't well, like people it. People having funny haircuts. I know. I, do, I said this to you, Michael, yesterday. I don't think it is funny haircuts. I think we've aged out of hair. <laughs> but we're just watching it going, what are these young That's people? That's wrong with a short back Mind inside. You, how old is Gary? He's not that much younger than us. Um, he's not the he's same age. age. Yeah, he's our I think, age. But I think it's all driven by TikTok these <laughs> days. I think if you're on TikTok, you're in and you understand that actually having shaved head and like a big floof on the top is actually very cool. <laughs> Okay. I don't. I still have no explanation for what Zidane's got on his head. Though. No. Right, Sarah, Lid, yeah, yes, and the Lid. mystery kid, yeah, yeah. So I quite enjoyed this. So we had this Lydia back, who was uh, we saw in the factory last Friday, who is played by Rebecca Ryan, that's Jack James Ryan's sister. And I forgot to mention that on the podcast last week because I saw on, um, I think it must have been on Instagram, like on on before the episodes last Friday, Jack had put on oh, my sister's going to be on it tonight. And I forgot to look out for her. And it was only after we'd recorded the podcast and after we watched the episode. So I was like, oh, that must have been her. But yes, if you are, you haven't heard this already, then the actress who plays Lydia is Rebecca Ryan. And she is famous for being under other things as well. And I think she's quite good. I don't know whether she doesn't feel like a, a long-term character or anything, but I am enjoying that she's a bit of a friend to Sarah Louise at the moment. And if there's one thing that characters on Coronation Street are short of, it is friends. So, um... Monday, then, we start off with um, Adam coming into the factory. Um, I can't remember how it comes up, but he's basically bragging about how many women he bedded over the years, hasn't he? He says, my nickname used to be Flora because I spread myself around too much. I hate people that are like this. I don't don't get it. It just makes me think you're a pervert and you've probably got some some disease. (laughs) I don't. I don't want to be you know, sex shaming or anything like that. But oh, we're, br- we're just prudes. We're British, aren't we? Come on. <laughs> I. I also just. I. I don't. I don't. No. I don't. Know. <laughs> I just I don't, don't think see it's the like. Appeal I really. It's like. In but also... lots of people. <laughs> yeah, that's very sweet of you. It just. It just makes you. <laughs> One's enough for me. <laughs> you can only shag one at once. Well, like, let me tell you. Actually, that's not true. Um. 
This is getting rude. Well, I just think I bet Adam's had some threesomes. I do. In his I just. Time. I don't think it impresses as many people as it's supposed to when no. somebody says, "I'm a right shagger." Like, I mean, it's you know, if you're if you're sex positive, really, it's like going. Oh, I've had so many, like I've I've eaten so many sandwiches in my life. It's like, like so what? <laughs> Who cares? Nobody's interested in the amount of sandwiches you've eaten. Tell me about a particularly good sandwich that you had, maybe, that I can make myself. But other than that, keep it to yourself. It doesn't endear me to him in the slightest. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, if you're a prude, like we obviously are, Clearly. we're like, that. you're you're a, you're a monster animal. And keep some it kind in your of, pants. Keep, yeah, keep, keep it Keep it in your coat. No, not keep it in your pants. Just shake, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> and if you're sex positive, it's like, well, good, so what? I'm not interested. <laughs> So there's, there's no need. So, um, also, he is a grown man, you know. Yeah, he's our age, isn't he? He doesn't need to well, be going... Years younger. When I was younger, I was a sex pest. <laughs> like, congratulations. I don't know. Did you get? Did you serve time Although, for Although, to, to be fair, when he talks about... Because he, he goes to the bistro later, doesn't he? And him and Sarah are talking about it. And Sarah says, oh, I've had... I've slept with 10 people. And he says, oh, I gave up at 20. And then gave she's up like, counting. Gave, yeah, exactly. She says, what, gave up... Yeah, no, she doesn't say give up counting. He says, I gave up at 20. And she's like, what, you slept with 20 women? And she says, no, I gave up counting when I hit the age of 20. (laughs) Which was kind of funny. But also, I don't... It's funny because when I think back to young Adam, I think about the old actor who used to play Adam. He was this little sweet little boy, wasn't he? (laughs) How did he turn into this Adam, this incarnation? Serial molester. Yeah. But um, anyway, that was kind of funny. But um, yes, 10 guys that Sarah slept with I tried to do a little... I, I did a little bit of um, Coropedia searching earlier. Isn't this a bit weird? Well, well, we know that obviously Sarah has slept with with, uh, with Neil. Neil Ferns. Neil Ferns, who fathered Bethany, and then and Todd, who fathered little Billy, didn't make it. And uh, obviously Callum as well, um, fathered Harry. But also in, in Sarah's romantic past, we've had... Um, we've had Aidan Critchley. I, I think they maybe slept together. I don't know. Well, we don't know. Um, Scooter, she went out with... Um, yeah, shrug about that one. He was in it for a little bit. Jason Grimshaw, they were pretty serious. They were getting married, weren't they? So we can assume well, there was a bit of a sheen she found out he there. was Mr. Gay Weatherfield. Yeah. <laughs> and then Gary and obviously Adam, which still only leaves eight. So I guess there were two for luck, two two Italian stallions yeah, that she two... bedded when she was over in Milan. Yeah, Milanese hunks. <laughs> but yeah, as I said, pales in comparison to the notches on Adam's bedpost. So um, anyway... We have um we have Lydia back in the factory on uh, on Tuesday's episode and Sarah says oh yeah you know I was talking about being possibly pregnant last week turns out it was a false alarm um, and my and, and, boyfriend's and, of shagger. And, yeah and also she starts joking about how many women that her husband's had which is bizarre um, and they agree oh let's go out for a drink together at the Christmas fair do you to know talk what when you talk it. about your husband shagging loads of women it makes me think I would like some mulled wine yeah they love that Christmas market don't Sarah and Lydia they go there twice this week I tell you what so much to do there there's, there's wreaths I know, there's she's mulled like, wine there's, there's more mulled wine listen girls you can get some very nice mulled wine from Lydia yeah, you don't need to go to sit out in the cold. And if you 
put it in a mug, you only have to heat, put it in the microwave for a minute. <laughs> and it's instantly deliciously hot. Your recommendation. That is definitely my recommendation. Not an ad. And you don't even have to sit there with a stick of cinnamon trying to use it as a straw. <laughs> Just leave the cinnamon out. So Lydia comes back to see the Sarah at the factory on Wednesday and says, that was so fun at the Christmas market last night. Let's go again. But I don't really like the idea of Adam coming along when Sarah suggests he might this. Rape because me. there might be a little bit of a mystery going on there. Adam turns up anyway and Lydia clearly knows this guy. But he has no idea because um, he may have he may have bedded them. But he's not committed to him them to memory. He's, he's he how can he be sure he's had twenty women? It could have just been the same woman. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He could have been married at wearing one different point clothes knowing. before she stripped for him. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, he, he's got no idea. His her kid turns up as well. Uh, Finn, he was called, and she says, "Oh." We, we we learned that my last serious relationship was when I was at uni and he, he's not really getting this um, that maybe she's hinting at something but I don't know is she but, because Finn seems too young to be the spawn of Adam so unless um, unless she's been you know, putting some of his his semen on ice just for a rainy day then probably unlikely that this is Adam's baby but- Adam seems like the sort of guy if you asked him to fill an ice cube tray for you he wouldn't question it he'd just go yeah kinky <laughs> i did this when i was younger well, maybe, maybe that's how he thinks he's better than 20 women they were like yeah. there were 20 cubes in the <laughs> ice, tra- ice cube tray <laughs> and he just counts i'm gonna them. call this one louise <laughs> now he's gonna get more scottish names isn't it this one's jock this one's angus this one's more rag <laughs> I was saying the names of the ladies, not the children. Oh, okay. But you're right, it could be, I mean, it's getting getting a bit weird now. It is getting a little bit weird, but I'm interested because this this kid was obviously shuffled on stage by by the actor's mum. Off you go, you're going to be in Corrie, lovey. And and he kind of stands there for a bit and says, can I have a... Uh, can I have a mulled wine, please? (laughs) And and it's, it's clearly just to make the viewer go, hmm... What's all this? That's then? obviously his child. But yeah, I don't think the timeline works out for it. But um, anyway, later on, Adam admits to Sarah that yeah, maybe I did date Lydia once or twice, but I can't really remember how serious it and was. And date is a euphemism for shag. Yeah, and Sarah's quite mad at this because Sarah's been going all week about having a girl crush on Lydia, hasn't she? Which is, is that, that how girls weird. talk? Uh, if you've got I... a good friend, are they your girl crush? When now? I was younger. And we're showing our age all the way through this podcast. We've suddenly get, got to nearly 40. Yeah, this time next year, Gemma, one half of the podcasting team is going to be 40. Um, but we just had friends. Yeah. It's, it's, that's not a thing anymore. And we didn't even text each other or anything. Is Sarah now pansexual? Maybe. She, I, no, I'll tell you what she is. She's a mulled wine sexual. Anyway. But everyone is this time of year. I'm not. <laughs> Sarah's only like four years younger than us, I'm going to say. Although she doesn't look it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so th- that was that. Then we have a short scene with them on Thursday where um, th- their alarm goes off and they have to go and have a shag. And that was the end of that. Because, oh yeah, Sarah gets mad because when Adam has given her a list of all the women that he's slept with and Carla's name isn't on that. So she's kind of mad that he's trying to minimise minimise the, the fact that that ever happened. To be happened. fair, he probably forgot. He's, there, he's had so many. I say what I've always heard about Carla. Forgettable shag. <laughs> anyway, they have to go and dash off to go and make a baby. 
Um, and then on Friday, the story just comes into, oh, should we have Christmas on our own? You tell your family, I'll tell my family. Oh, none of them like the idea, so let's go have Christmas together is basically it, wasn't it? I Ken don't... calls Adam, Adam selfish because he's like, what about Peter? This is his first Christmas with his new what liver. What about Peter's new liver? We want to introduce it to the family. Yeah. Peter's been fine for the rest of the year. I think I think, I'm assuming he's okay now. So that was a bit that was a bit of a week. I don't understand. Ken says you don't have my blessing. I don't understand why why Adam and Sarah thought that this was going to go down any other way than like a hot sack of. But what sick. did they, what did they expect to happen? Like they're married now, they can't spend Christmas with both of them. So either Ken was going to have to accept that they weren't going to be with him, or Gail was going to have to accept that they weren't going to be there. Well, equally... So wouldn't they just tell the other one that they were at the other one's house and then they'd go off and have it on their own? I'm sure that the comedy hijinks could ensue there and nobody would ever find out. Yeah. What, equally what? I don't... I was just going to say, I don't... Like, you spend every other evening by yourself. Yeah, why would why would you go? Oh, special Christmas! Let's do something different. Let's just well, stay in. They can have a they can have a little Christmas Eve fun, can't they? Well, it depends on whether a ovulation alarm goes off in the middle of the Queen's speech. Oh yeah, imagine <laughs> imagine having to explain that one when they're when they're having dinner with Ken Barlow. He's like, yeah, oh, but yeah, you know, I know what? what that's like. Parents I was get a player like, in my life well, day as well. Only twenty, Adam. <laughs> when parents want you to give them grandchildren. Yeah. Like, oh, that's my ovulation alarm. Can be like, quick, get upstairs. Off you go, off you go. Get upstairs. Use my bed. <laughs> <laughs> that, Adam's already his grandkid, isn't he? He, he was that's a great, great grandkid. grandkid. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that was that was kind of fun, but also fairly throw away this story. I like I like Lydia. Um, I won't get too attached to her because I'm assuming she's not staying. Um, yeah. The uh, the. the I kind of hope that this um, Adam story isn't that Finn is his because then it just seems like it's going to be the same as the Sam story. Yes, Nick's, I know. Nick's, this is the, literally the same thing has happened to Nick 12 months ago that he meets somebody and goes, oh, I shagged you once. Oh, you got a kid. I wonder yeah. who that's me. A lot oh, of mine. men with unexplained, yeah, unexpected children, small children appearing in their lives completely out of nowhere with no idea that they had one. I know, and I know they're in a soap, think, so the ratio is higher than in real life, but come on, 12 months. I think somebody on the storylining team's going through something. Do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also thought the way that they had, um, literally at the beginning of one episode, him saying, oh, look at all the women I slept with, and then two episodes later, it's like, there's oh, one. There's one of them. Yeah, it's a, yeah, a bit I know, of a but on the street, he can't, he can't move for him. Yeah, that's, that's I true. Noticed He's that you bedded didn't, the whole of Weatherfield. I noticed so. you didn't try to make a list of how many people you reckon have him shagged on the, on the cast. No, I'd been there all day with that. Yeah. Who hasn't he shagged? Mary. No, unfortunately for her. I do like how they, um, as much as Mary winds me up sometimes, I, I like how they keep referring back to her crush on Adam as weird as it makes her out to be. So she's not that much older than him. Well, she didn't. She say something like, "Oh, if I was ten years younger or thirteen at a push." I thought she was talking about Ken. No, she's talking about Adam. Then she was going, "Oh, you're a boy." If you mixed Adam and Ken together, you get the perfect man for Mary. You would, you would, yeah. Okay, what are we rating this week, Gemma? I think we've talked about it all. Sort of a pink man smoothie with hairs in it. (laughs) What are we rating this week? I, I've. 
because it's Saturday now, I put the poll up on the Facebook group already, so I have seen some of the scores that people are giving, and they're going on the high side, but I'm looking at this week and saying, I don't think it was that great. Why did people enjoy this week so much? Was it because of the Curtis stuff and all the, everything that came out there? Because I can't, I can't think I that I thought it was fun and dramatic. It, 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 it was, in a way. Um, but yeah, I, I preferred it when Emma didn't know. And we just had, and this week we had lots of kind of sobbing Emma, and and I'm a bit over sobbing Emma, really. Um, but that 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 story was definitely my highlight of the week. But the Audrey stuff was like, oh yeah, that's a bit sad for Audrey, isn't it? The Maria stuff was like, oh, stop banging on about the environment, Maria. Um, Sally's kind of funny sometimes, but also some of the lines Sally had this week, as I said earlier, was far far too sitcom. Um, not not really interested in Mariam. Lydia was okay, but not much of a story there. It just felt like a sort of week. So I, I, I'm going to have to go lower than I think anybody I've seen on the Facebook group poll voting so far. And I'm giving it um, two and a half. <gasps> two and a half? Yeah, it was just like... <laughs> and it had that stupid stuff with Ruby and the pills and, and um, Emma on the with the medical DVD. I can't uh, believe... Marks, off, marks for that, to be honest. As a teacher who's, who spends your whole career around children, you don't acknowledge that children are subject to a completely different form of logic than grown-ups. <laughs> well... Even uh, though I was, a, I was a fairly intelligent, some might say irritatingly precocious child, I still did some absolutely bonkers I know, stuff. You didn't do. I've taught children. And it made total sense to I've me at the time. I've taught children I don't think anyone would just go over and take a pill. Seriously. Anyway, I'm giving Why this... Why do they have child-proof locks on on medicine bottles then oh shut up don't start using evidence against me I'm giving this two and a half women that Adam has slept with during the recording of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how the half one works out but um I'm gonna give it um three and a half oh you could go and hire them again mugs of mulled wine with a girl crush at the Christmas market fine fair dues fair dues I, oh excuse me I want to say something yes um I was talking to the listeners there because they thought we were finished. But actually, no, I want to say something. Where do you get these little plasticky mugs from that everyone's drinking out their mulled wine out of on the show? And do they say something cool like Weatherfield Christmas Market on it? Because if they do, I want one. Oh, yeah, I and I reckon know. they should sell them in the shop. Yes. Honestly, they need to sell stuff. like They More don't need merch. to make loads of it. They have to make a certain amount for the for the... Show. Mm. Just make a bit more. <laughs> Idiots like me would buy it. Yeah, absolutely. Right, uh, character of the week. Sally. Emma. I don't really know who my character of the week is this week. I think Amy should get it for telling Emma that she's bonkers and she should dump Curtis. Amy was great this week. I she really just didn't enjoyed have lots that. To do. She didn't have a lot to do, but that's she's so sparky and I was so relieved. I felt like the show was gaslighting me, or like Emma was, you know, like oh it's fine, it's fine, he'll be able to get over it. And, and then Amy comes in like the voice of reason. No, this is bonkers. You need to dump him. You, you you argue a strong point there, and in also, a week where I can't think of many other people that I'd want to pick, Amy, Amy, I'm erring for the Amy. The other thing about it too, also, is that Amy's been kind of in the backseat for a lot of the teen stuff, hasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she has. And um, I was getting a bit concerned about her character because we loved her when she was younger, and she was a bit of a Wednesday Adams. Um, and then that sometimes the transition from childhood adolescence to adulthood can be very rough on on the <coughs> actors. 
and they sometimes can like lose their appeal <laughs> Simon <laughs> but I'm really optimistic about I really her. really am about I think she's Elle. great she's feisty she's fun the char- the actor is great the character is great the fact that she's got this sister out of nowhere um, was si- kind of silly but given a bit more dimension to her and seeing also seeing her kind of giving almost grown up advice to her sister about a wedding that was kind of sweet don't you think it's a bit of a yeah. coming of age moment for Amy there well, since they've giving since somebody they've... else well she's been well, no, giving think, her mum advice she, for years yeah but I, I think in the Amy and Emma relationship even though Amy's obviously younger she yeah, has been the, she's the more mature one yeah she exactly exactly no I, 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 will, I will accept that and I will also pick Amy as my oh you stole my idea week. yeah Oh, I confirm. That's fine. It's fine. I'll let Both you. of us. Two points for Amy this week. Well done. Congrats. Good job, Amy. Congrats. Now, um, moving on, we're not going to do any news this week because I mean, one thing, not much has happened because it's a bit pre-Christmas. Two, it's Saturday and we're a bit tired. Did we not... Did Simon Gregson... Simon Gregson came second in I'm a Celebrity. He lost out to some bloke from Emmerdale. Um, sorry about that. But second place is still pretty good. Yeah. We're pleased for you, Simon. Um, I, don't, I don't think much else has happened this week. So, um... There's little bits. So we'll, we'll maybe talk about them next week. Maybe not. <coughs> I don't know. But we've got some feedback to do. So um, let's move on to the feedback section. Right, let's do some feedback then. And we're just carrying on from last week, really. Because <laughs> last week's feedback section was so lovely with everybody writing in about how much I like the podcast and that congratulatory messages for episode 500. We weren't able to get everybody in. So we've got a couple more emails just basically... Um, Conversation Street is great. Um, So, but we 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 are going to do a bit of the bits first, including, of course, the Facebook group score for last week, and it averaged out at three point three five out of five. So it was an okay week. Our Facebook group says, Carrie's gave it three and a half gangsters heart attacks out of five. Is that a new song? Is that Carrie's? The gangsters heart attack. (laughs) I'm thinking of that. Is that Carrie's or Carrie's? Carrie's. Carrie's. Yeah, Carrie's. Um, Carrie's. Carrots. Judith gave it. You made four it sound vi- like carrots now. Sorry, Judith <laughs> gave it four violinists playing all the baroque classics baroque. out of five. If it ain't baroque, and don't fix thank it. Thank you. And Sarah gave it three pigs. Nice one. Clever. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Sorry that we can't say your names. Yeah, sorry. Oh, it um, could be that. Could be Sarah. Yeah, who knows? Because we have a friend who's called Sarah with no H. Mm. Um, iTunes reviews. We got a couple in the last week. Thank you very much, everybody. We Every week we ask for iTunes reviews, and most weeks we don't get them, but it yeah. just means that when they come through, it's extra special. It is. So um, I think maybe we mentioned this first one last week from Freeway Heart, who said, uh, again, it's four stars. Hmm. <laughs> very thorough, fun, and detailed recaps. Thank you very much. Yeah, good. Great for die-hard fans. Excellent. Only con is the length, sometimes over three hours. Nah, never mind about that. We're, we're running that. We're running very low this week, so maybe Freeway Heart can change that review and gave us a five stars just based on this week's. Can you alone. believe that we went and we chopped this podcast into two specifically to address the issue of length? I know, and people are still saying it's too long. Honestly, um, we just want to give you so much free <laughs> we content. Do, we do. Scorchio.co says, um, I, I, "I think this was a five." Said, "I've listened to every episode of Conversation Street for a year now, and it's was, genuinely." Tell you what, what, the judges are giving out really weird punishments, aren't they these days? <laughs> it's genuinely one of the best decisions I've ever made. I used to think I was alone in my adoration of Corey, and now every week I get to share my excitement with Gemma and Michael through the magic of podcasting. <laughs> I recommend listening to this show if you like Corey and love listening. I always end up talking 
talking back to the podcast too. Congratulations on 500 episodes. We all absolutely love you both and your amazing podcast. Thank you. Thanks. I Thanks just very much. I love I love the fact that like several people have mentioned that they talk back to the podcast. I know I love that. I can only assume. Do you ever do that to podcasts that you listen to? Um, no. <laughs> Don't say it as in a no, who do no. that? <laughs> Sounds <Crazy>. insane. <laughs> I think it's great. I think, I it's think, I think that's because none of the other podcasts that we listen to are as good as this one. I think it's people going, oh my God, shut up. What are you talking about to me? <laughs> I feel bad when when um, people talk about how excited they are about Coronation Street. And then there's weeks that we just moan about it. We gave it two and a half this week. I know. And I think, you know, back in the, back in the olden days of Conversation Street, because we are getting on a bit now, we used to be more positive, but people always said, oh, don't don't stop moaning if you've got something to moan about. And I think I've taken it to heart a bit too much. I don't like you moaning. You are a bit moany, yeah. I know, I don't like it. I just don't want to... I, I, I want to say, if I'm not finding it amazing, if it's going through a bit of a lull period, I want to say, but I still love the show and everything. I still look forward to... Literally, I do look forward to watching it every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. It's like, great, it's a curry night. But yeah, so sometimes I just don't, don't like well, it Well, maybe... Much. maybe Scorchio, 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 yeah. Maybe they're excited, like when they're mad about something, to see if we're mad about it too. Maybe, maybe. And we had one more this week, didn't we? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we did. Three, 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 two, one. Love the podcast. Gemma and Michael are hilarious. Say no more. I'm also loving the fact I always seem to come first here. Did you? Gemma and Michael. That's good. That's because they're scared of you. That's right. They should be. Right. Back to the emails. This one was sent by Chris. Chris says, First of all, congratulations on Pon reaching your 500th episode. That's people in a sinkhole. Assuming we don't fall down a sinkhole in the next 24 hours, because this was sent last week. I, I'm sure I can speak for thousands of others. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds. Oh, Millions. I thought we were just going to create a hundred. Hundreds. <laughs> when I say that the podcast is always a highlight of my week, and there have certainly been times recently when I've looked forward to the next episode of the podcast more than I've looked forward to the next episode of the show. Oh, Chris, you're such a moaner. <laughs> Honestly, why do you even watch Coronation Street? I have can no- I just say, what? I feel... And I don't, like, it's very difficult, it's far more difficult to make Coronation Street than it is to make Conversation Street, okay? But I do have to say, to toot my horn a little bit here, I feel as though our quality is more consistent. <laughs> I don't think we ever quite hit the excellence of, like, tram crashes and, and stuff. No. But we certainly don't have Maria crawling around on the floor in a lion costume. I don't episodes. think so. Sometimes we get, well, I don't, sometimes no, I don't we get bored and tired. Want, sometimes we get tired, I'm and just... I think I think it shows in our discussion really when we're a bit tired and bored. But we keep we keep going. I'd say we're a solid. You know, we don't dip below the three out of five too often. No, I think you're right. I think a solid three out of five. Um, I have no idea. Oh, Chris says, how you find the time to generate all this content for us while still holding down full-time jobs, but thank you for it. Yeah, Gemma, how do you find the time for this? Forgo having children. That's how you do it, it's easy. He won't have children with me because we're doing a podcast. Sleep, no, that, shut up. That's That's true. That's all. I'm not raising kids by myself while you do a podcast. What you need to do is only have like five hours sleep a day, four sometimes, and then you're sorted. It's easy. Just do what, what Michael everybody does do and don't do any chores around the house. No. Empty the bin and the I dishwasher. hoovered the carpet the other day because we had a friend come around. Thank you very much. Um, while we're talking about the finite <laughs> nature of time, says Chris, Ooh. Thanks to let's talk about 
Daniel Osborne. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go Let's off. Have talk. A go, yeah. Oh, I quite enjoyed Let's all have the a plays. Go at this. Daniel Osborne, a newly qualified teacher who seems to spend even fewer hours in school than Greta Thunberg. Thunberg. <laughs> Although the current sto- the current storyline inevitably takes us back to the comparatively recent situation with Bethany, I'm very much enjoying it, and especially the new Max stirring things up. I think Daniel will be proven innocent of all allegations. Oh yeah, he was. This is because it's a bit yeah. Old this email and find himself reinstated at school, but Max knows exactly how to press Mr. Osborne's buttons and. Master Turner is such a massively annoying little scrote that I reckon Daniel will end up slapping him and then it's game Ooh. over. Clearly clearly echoing yeah. Ken's running with Aidan Critchley, this will remind us what a masterpiece of casting it was to have Rob Mallard take on the role. One of the running gags throughout the Corrie parody, parody series on YouTube that you mentioned a few months ago. I haven't watched that in a while. Just to re- just realise it's very offensive. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I, I know, love but you're not that supposed to like, Corrie parody series that I mentioned on YouTube. You're not allowed to find offensive comedy funny unless it's been preceded oh by gosh, a warning to let you know that anyway, it has outdated forms of humour. It does have outdated forms of humour. Maybe I also have that. Um, but anyway, Chris says, one of the running gags here is the uh, frequent references to how smug, entitled and patronising Ken is. Yes, it really does. I love it. As well as the physical resemblance between father and son, Daniel is similarly arrogant, pretentious and condescending. Thanks again for the first 500 episodes and good luck with the next 500. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you very, very, very much. See, I was, we were watching an episode today, which was the, the episode set after Ray Langton dies at mm-hmm. Ken and Deirdre's wedding. And after it, Ken and Deirdre's wedding. Yeah, right after. Same day. I was thinking, what's the name of the thing that happens after a wedding? And the first word that came to my head was the wake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> well, maybe um, Emma and Curtis is next week. Yeah. Um, no, there was a bit where Tracy makes um, Deirdre and Ken breakfast in the morning after their wedding. And everyone's sad because... Um, Ray died and then and Ken's like moaning going oh you can't have you can't have a, a breakfast after somebody's died like that and it just really struck me again my revelation that Ken is basically Mark from Peep Show but not as funny <laughs> they're exactly the same person like really smug and arrogant and thinks that they're clever because they read a book about history yeah I know he's great I love Ken Stuart Gemma what does Stuart have to say Super happy play. birthday 500 episodes what's an achievement is anyone going to make us sing this week although I enjoyed that last week I think it was a uh, one night only kind of thing uh, Gemma first... hasn't had enough cider this week for that firstly can I say a huge thank you for all the hard work you put into the podcast you both should be incredibly proud of yourselves and the community you've created as a result each week you provide a much needed escapism for myself from the everything that comes with living in the real world and day-to-day life also now you both have jobs and working in the teaching profession myself i know how much of your life that takes up so to be able to produce a podcast on a weekly basis alongside the other social media you do and the different things you provide for your patrons blows my mind yes we have got the patreon episode coming up at some we're going to try and get that over the next week by the way now that now that it is the school holidays although i do have work to do over quite a bit of work to do oh, christmas yeah. blah, 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 blah. um what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Yeah, um, I'm really busy. Oh, I was just, oh yes, I am very busy. Very busy and important. And I did say as well, oh, I feel bad when we have weeks that don't have bonus episodes, but I know everybody always understands and then we don't have as many downloads with the bonus episodes anyway. But um, anyway, thank you. Thank you for that. Right, go on, carry on. I can't move the thing down. What are you trying to do? Trying to oh, move the go. thing. To Can move, you move it down, please? Yes, yes. Go. <laughs> Tell you what, the good thing about doing this podcast is that it stops arguing so much. <laughs> Right. 
Um, it's I, arguing in a safe space because I know that you can't get really mad at me. I can't insult you and <laughs> say and hit you because it'll. Because I have evidence on, on tape. Um, I discovered the podcast earlier on in 2020, and to discover it, feel part of something, interact with others, and listen to past episodes was a source of great comfort through lockdown, and it still provides me with the same feelings today as I approach my 40th year on this earth next week. Oh, you're our age. I thought I would try to summarise my Corrie journey. It's exciting. Growing up, Corrie was never part of my life. It, it was never on, and I had no knowledge of the programme other than the fact my granddad liked it <laughs> and always used to say when he visited that he had to get home to watch Corrie. It was only when I left home to go to university that I started dipping my toe into the Weatherfield life. See, this is what they say, isn't it? Mm. Going to university is a gateway, isn't it? Yeah. To, to like... Do All sorts shapes. of new experiences, yeah. Yeah, well, you, you start at Dublin, you start with Hollyoaks, and then you get to the hard stuff, like EastEnders <laughs> and Coronation Street, and before you know it, you're addicted and listening to podcasts. Yeah. Slippery slope. Um, I didn't watch it religiously or follow it. It just started somehow to become, over the years, more of a permanent fixture in my life, which led me to seeking out old episodes online and watching the classic episodes on ITV3. Then last Christmas, I purchased the 60s and 70s DVDs, which I thoroughly recommend, alongside listening to your reviews of the decades. I'm up to 1964 at the moment, and they're brilliant. I have purchased the 80s DVDs for Christmas this year, alongside another selection of Corrie-related books. Talking to my dad last Christmas and showing him the DVDs, he commented how my late mum, who died in 2000, 2015 before I really got into it used to enjoy watching it as well and it was not just her it was not just her dad my granddad I took a huge comfort in this as I'd never talked to my mum about watching Corrie in any detail other than maybe just mentioning it in passing so I do wonder what she would have thought of it growing up in the 60s and 70s (laughs) I don't see I don't know when my parents started watching it because I know that when I started watching it in 95 they were Corrie viewers but yeah, I guess I never thought, like, did you watch it in the 80s? Did you watch it before? I've got no idea. Is, do, really, do you not I think really, it's, it's, it's such a unique kind of um, institution in that people can talk about eras and that when they watched it and what was happening. Mm. The only thing I can really think of that isn't soaps that's like that is like Doctor Who, I yeah, guess. Yeah, Where you say, oh, so who's your doctor? Running, yeah. Um, I think it's really fascinating that it's like a multi-generational thing now because it's been on for 60 years. I mean, you know, you're talking three generations of families, four dinner, you know. Mm. I'd love to have been able to talk to my mum about some of the older Corrie now that I've seen it, but she also died in 2015. Yeah, she did, didn't we're so, she? We're so same. Yeah. Um, my dad was able to list a few of the old characters and he even said it wasn't bad, which is high praise <laughs> indeed. As I watched it today, it's very much hit and miss and we can have incredible episodes and weeks and other weeks that drag. But either way, we all meet in a virtual sense and listen and share our thoughts, which I love. The major issue I have all over with Corrie at the moment is the number of people in the show. Regular or extras, it really is hard to follow at times and we can go without seeing characters for weeks, maybe longer. I completely understand that Corrie has to appeal to everyone, different generations, etc. But less is more, in my opinion. I feel as though regarding the cast, Corrie's in good hands moving forwards. So happy birthday, happy Christmas, and keep doing what you're doing, being yourselves, as your listeners love you both just the way you are. Thank goodness Stuart. for that. P.S. The Facebook community. Oh yeah, there was more, there was more. I'll scroll down. This is a long PS. The <laughs> Facebook community in particular are amazing and I feel like we're a Corrie family on there with Michael and Gemma as our parents. <laughs> Let's not think about that too much. Yeah, we are the same age as you, Stuart. Yeah, so go to your room. 
On a serious note, the group have always been so lovely in any communications they have had with me. I've spent far too much of my life commenting, reflecting and posting because of it. I've also been educated about so many things by you both and the group. The most important thing is that it's a group where people disagree in the right way. I know from experience other groups can't seem to do this with its members. Uh, lots of people say that, don't they? And I'm not members of any other Corrie groups because we're all full of spoilers. But one consistent comment we always get about our Facebook group is everyone's generally quite nice to each other even when they disagree. I know. we do. Sometimes we do have a bit of flouncing and snittiness. But Occasionally. Very, 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 very it's rarely. so rarely, thank and, um, goodness. I do think it's nice that people can say, oh, well, I do. well that's not my experience experience or I don't really get what you're saying yeah um what Stuart was saying earlier as well about um going ages without seeing characters I think yeah. that is one of my big issues bugbears oh at the we didn't even mention this week Carla turned up oh you mentioned her actually didn't you oh yeah I said Carla she swammed into up. the bistro like how long has she been off off the mm. screen a month longer and I think, I don't know whether it's because I'm getting old and I'm having a case of the Audrey's here, but in my brain, but I think I am getting more You've forgetful. You've got brain cataracts. I've got my brain cataracts. And it's becoming more and more of a regular occurrence that I'm like, I can't remember what the last thing to happen in this story was, or who are they going out with at the moment? I know, I who really knows don't about remember. this? Where are they working at the moment? And I don't think it's me. I think some of it's me and being becoming older and more forgetful. But is anybody else feeling that? Is no, there any of our younger listeners watching Corrie and going, I can't remember what the last thing that happened to you. And I think that, I mean, I'm a massive nerdy geek, so I should be able to remember this. I do a podcast about it. But if I, I mean, I've just about got to grips with the fact that, you know, Sarah and Adam are married to each other. But if you were to have asked me a couple of weeks ago, so who's Billy with at the moment then? Pod or Tall? Todd or Paul? And I'm like, I don't know who I, is I don't, he is. And the answer's neither. But well, I, I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have been able to just say that straight away. See, there's a, there's a few things where it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's we bad. definitely it's need really to. Bad. We need to create our map. You know our. You do that. What's it called? Bunker map. Yeah, the bunker map. Okay. But what we need to do what? is have this bunker map, and we also need to put a a map of the street and where everybody's living because that's the other thing I I never know about. Yeah. But. We need to have like a live stream of it, for, like a video just constantly on, streaming it to everyone around the world <laughs> so that they can go, oh, hang on, I just need to check because I can't remember. And then they can see. Exactly. And it'll be instantly updated. <laughs> I do also, I have to admit, sometimes forget, and this is definitely my fault, like what's happened week to week. Like at the beginning of this week, I might have thought, well, right, who knows about Curtis? Does anyone know about Curtis? Do we know about Curtis? And that is really bad. That's not the show's fault. Generally, the That's why I know that some of it is me. It's pretty good at re- refreshing you. Yeah, I used to complain about the fact at the beginning of the episode to say, oh, you know, the other day when... Such, such, yeah. such, why are you talking about this? I still hate the fact that Coronation Street is on subsequent days. Every episode follows on from the last in terms of days. So there's a three-day week in Weatherfield. I hate, I hate I tell you what would, you would hate even more. What? If every episode started with previously on Coronation Street. No, I don't know. Maybe I'd need that. Honestly, oh, Gary, I think I need why that. Why did now. you kill Rick? I hate the the I hate the idea of it, but I think it, as I'm getting older, it might be useful. So I'm starting to understand. I'm more. gonna. The problem with that would be, of course, would be that sometimes in those previously on whatever's, it gives a bit too much yeah. of a clue as but to why are they saying like, that? If, if if an episode starts with previously on Coron- Coronation Street and they show Gary bludgeoning Rick Nealon, it's like oh, oh don't you spoil that. that? Something's gonna happen there. 
Well, I'm going to become the new producer. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but they've said it's me. Oh, after, uh, after Ian McLeod. Um, and I'm going to introduce that. I'm going to introduce previously on. And I'm also going to introduce um, a neighbour's style. Everybody smiles at the camera and fades in and out. <laughs> no, I know you names. like that idea. You've talked about that one before. <laughs> the problem with the previously on as well, it would take up episode time, wouldn't it? And already the episodes now are shorter than they were no. like 20 years ago because of the extra no. advert time. Yeah, no. No, the way I'm going to do it, I'm going to integrate ads. So it's going to be like, previously on Coronation Street, Gary, this Argos Hoover is really good at hoovering <laughs> up all the dirt from the grave digging that you did. Brilliant idea. Yeah, I like well, it. thank you. Right. We had also, we had a great product placement from um, Argos slash Habitat this week because Sarah had a cool coffee table how did we get this far in the podcast without mentioning the coffee table everyone's talking about Sarah's coffee table in the factory everyone's that's the best talking thing about, about the factory it. at the moment she's got a coffee table with a lid in. that kind of goes up in the air so she can do her typing and then both of us we're like what Whoa. is this and then you go online and people like, are talking about see. this coffee table I must see this I must buy this coffee there's table the designer of this coffee table must Habitat. be rolling in it can we please have laughing. some sponsorship of, from Habitat because I've always liked Habitat that even was when handy I was little we moved house. even when I was little I used to go into Habitat and I used to buy rubbish for a house I didn't even own when I was like a teenager I used to buy all this crap all the time from Habitat where would we put if we had a collapsible coffee table because it was just a little it was a bit small it's too wasn't small it? yeah but um, I, think I loved just, that can I just suggest in different sizes? send us vouchers <laughs> right I've got an email from Hill here and she says hello Michael and Gemma this is my woefully inadequate attempt at sending you my appreciation for all the hard work Aww. you do every week for the podcast which has become an absolutely vital part of my week since around February <clears throat> 2020 what happened then? Who knows? <laughs> that that sort of date rings a bell for me. <laughs> not very long in your scheme of things, and certainly not as long as many listeners, but you are the first and only podcast I will ever support Aww. by Patreon because you earn every penny. Oh, thank you. I have gone back and listened to um, from the beginning up to 271 oh so far, walking home from work with you both, as well <laughs> as spending every Saturday morning listening and commenting along like you're actually in the room. Sorry about this Saturday, Hill. <laughs> yeah, me. sorry. It is currently... 23 minutes past five on Saturday. We're trying. We're trying. We're trying really hard. We didn't do a feedback <laughs> to, or, a, a news or anything. Look, Hill, you what? could come and help us with this polytunnel if you're that bothered. Yeah, if you want to put your podcast <laughs> on time, you can help us out in the allotment. I will, I will recruit an allotment squad from listeners who are based in <laughs> and the we, South. We know that we've got some listeners yeah, down in the South. We know you're we're you're we've got around. some Southampton listeners and Portsmouth I'll give listeners. You, I'll give you we a... would even accept Portsmouth listeners on, um, on our but allotment team, wouldn't we? Yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a radish. You often talk to me to sleep too, in a good way. <laughs> I now savour the older episodes like a fine wine, knowing they will Aww. run out, but also pretending I'm a time traveller as I listen, knowing what will happen as you both speculate Aww. the various plots. That must be fun. Ah. I also thoroughly enjoy all your cat-related content. Have you heard Abby? She's been sitting here for quite a lot today. She, She's bugging Abby's favourite thing is to come in while we start the podcast. It is usually, literally. We're, we're sitting down on the bed, ready to record. Yeah, and she'll jump up there and start going, <laughs> licking her bits. She didn't do it today. I don't understand um, why they make that noise. I know, says Hill, that if I met you, I would be just as starstruck <laughs> as if I met an actual Corrie cast we member. It would wear off really quickly. It really, really would. And sometimes when Corrie is a bit rubbish, I find like I'm the only, I find I'm only watching it so I can appreciate the podcast better at the weekend. You know what? I reckon we're responsible for a significant uptick in Coronation Street viewers because people only watch it now. I know. For our show, absolutely right. Well, for all our yeah, our uh, thousands of uh, listeners there. 
Hundreds of thousands. (laughs) On top of that, the Facebook group is the best group in the world and genuinely the only reason I go on there now. A community of the nicest bunch of people who are genuinely hilarious and touchingly supportive. You should be proud that we have come together because of you two. (laughs) Coronation Street. In short, thank you, and here's to another five hundredth episodes. A mere email is not what I'd planned to celebrate, but time has got away from me, so I will have to do it another time. I don't know, I'm curious. Becky's a cake. Well, (laughs) Hill, you said at the beginning. That was a woefully inadequate that attempt. That was very I lovely and touching. I can only dream of what you would be like on a, a full steam because that was lovely. Are we secretly agents of the unoppressive um, social media regime because we're encouraging people to use Meta? Facebook, oh yeah, Meta Facebook. Yeah. And we're actually um, helping. What's it, what's the evil one's name? Uh, Justin Timberlake. No, the other evil one that's in charge of Facebook. Yeah, he only is... looks like Justin Timberlake. He was played by Justin Timberlake, wasn't he, in the film, the, uh, the Social Network film? <laughs> not Jeff Bezos, because he's the evil Amazon guy. I know, and we, not, all, we all know who you mean. Not the evil, the evil guy who makes Teslas. The other evil billionaire, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, We're, we're lining his pockets by being such great, amazing hosts of a fantastic Facebook group where it's like yes. a utopia of... <laughs> Of what's the like hippie love and peace? Yeah, and no one ever disagrees with anybody. It's one of the few nice, kind, caring places left on the whole internet. Mostly because we gatekeep it and we don't let you in unless you watch, you listen to the show. We used to let everybody in as long as you watch Coronation Street. And then I kept no, getting people, people can join our Facebook group if they don't listen to the podcast. No, not anymore. Can't they? Do you no. deny people? Nobody, nobody tries to join anymore that has, oh. doesn't listen, but we used to let people in. And I remember I had a do you know who I am moment with one of them because they were arguing with me about something. <laughs> about you? something to do quite specifically with something that I would know about because I do the podcast. And they're like, ooh. And I said, well, I can't remember. I was like, do, do you know who I am? <laughs> That's brilliant. I think, I think it's because I was saying like, you know, be careful because... You're being like blah blah blah, and, and you can get kicked out. And they were like, "Oh, whatever." And I was like, "Do you know I'm in, actually in charge of the group?" And I just booted them out. Nice. Made sure they read my message first to let them know <laughs> that I'm in charge. It was like the greatest moment ever. <laughs> Love it. Do you know who I am? I'm the podcast host. What's the podcast? Well, get out. Yeah. No. Well, maybe you are like just as uh, as good as the Cory celebs, and that's why people like Hill would be starstruck to meet you. They'd be terrified. Terrified because I might reject them from real life too. I, I'm going to eject you from reality. We, we are lovely. We we, we have met Who's, a couple. We have we met are. a few. Yeah, we I'm are. Not. I just said we've, you, you've met. A, we've met a couple of listeners, haven't we? We met. Um, we met Andrew. I'm last really year. shy and awkward, so I make everything awkward and painful. It's probably better that nobody meets me. And, just and I, I stay very quiet and nervous. <laughs> It'd be a massive disappointment. It would, yeah, we are. Yeah. Us in real if we life. were, if we were socially competent, we wouldn't be sitting here, would we? We'd be exactly. out socialising. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> Although I was out socialising, you last did night. go out, didn't you? I think yes, the fact you're proud of yourself means that it's not <laughs> I went out a regular thing. Right, Alex. Alex. Hello, Michael and Gemma. Most weeks when I listen to your podcast, I feel like writing in just to say how much I enjoy listening and appreciate all you do to keep it going. So I figured the 500th episode would be a good time to do so with a little push from me, from you, what? encouraging us listeners to fill in your inbox this week. <coughs> Excuse me. I've been listening now for a few years, however long it's been since the factory roof fell on Rana. And what I started off as... Uh, yeah, might 2019, list- was it? I'm going to say. Yeah. What started off as, eh, might listen to the next week, we'll see, has <laughs> a rubbishy episode the first time. <laughs> has become a firm part of my week. 
I usually have you on Sundays. Well, how convenient for you, Alex, because this is definitely be out by the time you need us. I usually have you on on Sundays while I'm cleaning my flat, and it makes what can be a really boring job a lot more bearable and has definitely served as a much-needed distraction for me when I've been having a bad time with, well, gestures at everything, life. Well, Alex, I think you forgot to do the skirting boards today. <laughs> have you have you dusted your skirting boards? I can still see boards? my red X on there. You need to remember, I've got a book by Martha Stewart, and she's very clear. Skirting boards, do not neglect them. You got rid of the cobwebs in your injury. Have you dusted your radiators <laughs> and behind your radiators? Continue. You may, yeah, you, you can, once you've done that, you can have a break. I'm always interested to hear what you've made of the week's episodes and any new characters and your theories and predictions and the way you share some personal anecdotes to explain your reasoning behind your thoughts. I don't really have anyone else in my life who watches the show, so it's like listening to a couple of friends for a few hours and I'm always sad when the episode's over. Oh. I love how and you... feedback section is so sad for people because it's near the end of the podcast. I know. We haven't done a cabin extra for ages because we don't... I don't know, we've... there's just nothing to do one about really, is there? No. No. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, so carry on. I love how you tackle difficult subjects, storylines with sarcasm and dark humour, and you quite often have me bursting out laughing and chuckling away to myself throughout the episode. Also, as an LGBT person, I appreciate how open-minded you are and willing to learn about things when discussing certain points. I hope you're both feeling a lot better from COVID, and you and Abby are all settling in nicely in your new home. Yes. You've queried your spelling there. As you as you did, I will let you know you spelt it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's A B I because Abby it is, is short. The same as Abby Franklin. It's short for Abigail. Yes. Um, just so you know. <laughs> we we have settled into the house. We because, don't care. Um, we've now we've now emptied all of our boxes out of the storage. That's, has that happened since the last podcast? Yes, yes we new. did that last it's Saturday. We ha- our storage is closed. It's all in the attic or in our downstairs bit or Fantastic. in the study. Yeah, we have got a few boxes. There are boxes around. everywhere. But we did. I did have an an ex work colleague come round for a Christmassy um, meal the other day, didn't she? And so we had to do a good old tidy for that. And we got a special visitor coming to see us next week as well. Hopefully, hopefully, and um, yeah. So hopefully. Um, Hopefully it'll be tidy by them. Keep the them. house tidy for them too, but we are still definitely loving our new house. Well, you're not tidying it and emptying the Sorry, Jeff. Congratulations on 500 episodes. Thank you for all the hard work and late nights you put into making it, and I look forward to listening for a lot longer. Let's hope so. And finally today... It must be exciting when you're... I've never had anything read out from me on a podcast because I don't oh, write I in. Oh, is it exciting? It's quite fun, yeah. When I used Does to it make to... you a bit embarrassed? You're like, ooh. No, I think it's quite cool. I, when I used to listen to the Lost podcast, there was one that oh, I used to write into. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Right, finally for the evening, because we're going to call it a day after this, we've got Carrie. And Carrie says, I'm so glad that you are both feeling better and have moved into your new house. Hooray! More room for Corrie memorabilia. True. It's true, but we, I haven't got like my nerds room set up yet, no, have I'm I? No, I'm going to make a nerds We think nest. we know which room it's going to be, but there's the smallest it's, room it's in the house. full of boxes at the moment. Um, right, Carrie says, I've not list, I've not watched Corrie for a long time, as oh. I prefer the old kitchen sink yeah. drama of yesteryear, and I don't think that it's coming back. However, I do listen to your special segments, and I love them. Or maybe That's Carrie's not even going to listen to this. That is interesting, people just listening to the bonus ones. don't hear very many people, yes, yeah, so they should probably know you around. more than me. Why? Because you do most of the interviews. Yeah, but it's not very many interviews, to be fair. It's a big... Um, I I, I, I could do more. I have just finished the most recent listener questions and enjoyed it thoroughly. I particularly enjoyed the question about Doctor Who. I'm glad that I'm not the only one who didn't like (laughs) Jodie Whittaker. As a Canadian, I don't hear all the gossip, but I've never... 
uh, but I have never my reason for the annoyance. She totally reminds me of Leanne. Her hair, her face, her expressions, her accent, everything. Can't stand it. Am I the only one? <laughs> I have heard other people comparing Do- Jodie's doctor to, to Leanne. Really? Yeah. This isn't this isn't the only person that said this. I think I I can kind of see it. I think that she's a bit um the the Jodie's doctor is a bit kind of sparkier and um it's not Leanne bash. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying no, Leanne, Leanne is a bit more level-headed. Than I can't the imagine who's a bit Leanne of a causing space-time rifts because she wanted Mind you, they they don't go to alien planets anymore on this stupid show, do they? They do a little bit. Do well, a little bit. no, they sort of beam into like magical crystal palaces with weird aliens who can't close their mouths because they're, they're the prosthetics over their noses <laughs> and they can't breathe out of them. Anyway, we're not Doctor Who bashing here. Carrie says... That's really funny. <laughs> I hope you have a lovely holiday in your new home and let's hope for good writing as opposed to the last couple of seasons for the doc and good casting for the whole show. Who knows? I may even give Corrie another shot. Well, I wouldn't if I was... <laughs> I would say if you've not liked Corrie recently, you won't I like can't it say now. at the moment it's at its best. Well, I can't say that it's a kitchen sink drama. No, it's definitely not. I'm really interested to find out what the manifesto of the next um, producer is going to be. Because to be fair to him, Ian McLeod did say, I want to bring back the laughs and the comedy. And even though it's not all been funny, I would say that Corrie has gone down more of the comedic route um, it's funny over, because over his he's, tenure. Because I also think he's in, increased the amount of issues-based storylines. Like when we first started doing the podcast, an issues-based storyline was really rare. And now there seems to always be now at least it feels one on to the me go. Like you could do a patron episode of my top five issues based storylines of the year. Yeah. You could almost. never do that before. There's like one or two a year. And now, yeah. like you say, there's always one on the go at least. Mm. Yeah. I, I I would want to dial back on the humour just a little bit. Um I don't know, I'd dial laugh back on that. Get more get more couples scenes where they're just being couples, get more friends. Um, you know, so that they're not just acquaintances. Um, cut the cast members down. Get rid of the block storytelling. Some things that I know definitely can't happen for people who are in the know. But, oh yeah, I'm really, I'm really fascinated. But maybe when the new producer comes in, that might be a time for people like Carrie to give it another shot, perhaps. Yeah, that would, if, I'm going to say, if, you, if you're looking for an in and you think you haven't enjoyed it, recently that's when to do it but you know i you know i don't want ian mcleod's done a great job considering that he's had to steer he's the had ship. the toughest time the, I, I would say out of everybody he's had the hardest job yeah i mean there have producer. been cory producers in the Not past where they've the had fact- to turn around diving ratings like wasn't cory supposed to be cancelled in the 60s or 70s or something and they've steered the ship back but- i know but at least that's you know at least that's a a scenario that's happened before. Mm. Nobody's made television during a pandemic before. No. Everybody's trying to invent as they go. And I think Coronation Street's done a really good job. And the other thing to bear in mind too is that there's no executive producer anymore. Exactly. No Kira so, Roberts anymore, is there? So no. I think Ian McLeod has done an amazing job. Mm. No, I agree. And I just because I haven't loved every episode and it's different from it used to the way it used to be, I just I just feel like, but the, you know, at the end of the day, his name is the, you know above the door. Mm. He's the, the buck stops here kind of thing. So mm. everything everything's on him. But there have been amazing things, and I don't want anyone I don't to detract detract from all the great achievements that he's managed 
Mm, yeah, yeah. And Corrie's doing very well in the awards at the moment as well. Yeah. Not that that's the be all and end all, but we've got to be doing something right. Finally. Or and everyone I know else finally crap. already. I did want to say thank you very much to Fiona, new Fiona Patreon this week. I don't know, he didn't give us her name, Fiona, but we've already got some other Fiona Patreons, so you're welcome to the list of Fiona Patrons. I hope you enjoy all the lovely bonus content that is available there. Thank you very much. Don't forget, if you join this month, you will help us raise money to donate to um, the Sophie Lancaster Foundation to prevent hate crimes. The story, um, the charity that was worked with Coronation Street for the Seb and Nina storyline. Yes, get those Patreon subscriptions in in the next couple of and weeks. And you can cancel it if you want. Literally cancel it on the 1st of January Just and your money sh- will go to the charity. Yeah. And you'll make us happy for and a day. And don't forget, if you join, you must... You, the payment comes out on the first of the month no matter when you joined the previous month and we don't we can't stop that from happening so if you like join on the 27th and then you get pe- charged again a couple of days later yes sorry yeah. <laughs> really sorry about that um, so we will be putting out our new Patreon episode soon which is going to be our top five scenes of 2021 because we yeah. did that we've done that for the last couple of That'll years I'm looking forward to doing that can you guys think, think of any fun scenes that you enjoyed this year anything yeah, that do, stands you, out I'd like it if people could write us in mm. and tell us some of their favourite scenes I've got a feeling that unlike the last couple of years we're going to be fairly similar in our picks for it I, I think there have been some very obvious this has got to be in my yeah, top five scenes me of the too. year I can think of like bin sandwich as well bin sandwich <laughs> no I, I'm not going to put that one on there I have to say if you would like to email us like which, all these what? which scene of Zidane rolling his eyes will be my number one <laughs> if you would like to email us like these fine folks whose thoughts and opinions Thank you've you, just everyone. been listening to you can email us at conversation at gmail no conversation street at gmail.com you can also join the Facebook group that everybody's raving on about if you go over to Facebook search conversation street um, go in there find the group because the Facebook page is fairly empty um, it'd be lovely we'd welcome you just make sure you say yes I listen to the podcast we're on YouTube thank you for subscribing everybody who subscribes to us there and, and clicks we don't get very many views on YouTube why don't you just like if you subscribe to us on YouTube hit, click the play button and then pause it just to make the make the views go up a little no, bit no because it be will re- reduce our engagement oh yeah it does doesn't it oh don't do that we really need mm. that <laughs> like it if you if you tell yeah okay my challenge then is if you are listening to an episode of Conversation Street on YouTube it would be lovely if you could click the like button just like so many of you did with the Sudovania interview that went up there um, last week because that's got quite a few likes now no, for us sorry you're doing it completely wrong what you need to do is set all of our videos in a playlist and put them on and just go about your business leave oh, yes, your computer that's, oh, you know running Gemma. like you can tell she need, works in the media we need a, a whole bot farm of listeners churning out the likes for us yeah and the watches over Christmas Surely that's how Wolford Weekly get all of their YouTube listeners, isn't it? Because, I mean, they might... I think they might get... I think Wolford Weekly are doing ever so slightly better than us on YouTube, just saying. They have their faces. <laughs> I know. Amazing. That would turn people off ours if they saw our ID yeah. mugs. Um, right, where else can people listen to us? Spotify, we said last week that there's a We've surprising number of Spotify nearly listeners. nearly three hours again, even though I, I thought know, we, we said be we two and a half. Hello, Spotify. Welcome. I, I am mystified by Spotify. I don't really understand it. But if you're listening to it on there, hello. Um, and um, Instagram. Thank you, everybody who follows us and likes us and stuff on there. I think it's a lovely place. What? Instagram. Uh, we get lots of likes and, and things on Instagram. A lot more than we do on Twitter. So I like Instagram. it. How many followers have you got on Instagram? Not loads. Oh. but More engagement. More engagement there. Thank definitely. you for coming to our talk about social media. That's it. <laughs> um, 
we are going to be back midweek next week. Like I say, maybe look out for an episode being posted on Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Um, Send and me a picture it. of your Christmas dinner. Send us a virtual Christmas. Oh, Nancy sent us a virtual Christmas card. It just came in earlier this afternoon. So thank you, Nancy. Like, I haven't shown Gemma yet. I'll, I'll do that. But if Everyone. anyone else would like to do that, then then please do. I think we should set up a PO box so people. Can I know. Send us Christmas I know. Cards. We should. We should. You've been saying that for years. I don't know how it works. I like getting post. It's great getting post. Most of our Christmas cards don't even have my name on it. Have I talked about the fact that we've got a ring doorbell now on the podcast? No. I've, I've, We've got a ring doorbell now. My dad got it for me for my birthday last year, but we, we saved it in the box until we moved house and we just set it up a couple of weeks ago. And now when I'm at school, I get a little buzz on, on my knows. watch, a little picture of the postman appears and I go, ooh. I, I didn't think this through. the post was. Because oh, Michael got... keeps demanding to know what parcels have arrived and I'm like, oh dear. We did get a lovely Christmas card today from Adam Bleece. who oh, plays Dirk in the with factory. A cute, very, very cute picture. Picture of his dog Poppy on And there. we've also had, yeah, we've had a listener. We had a listener send us a card. We have, we, we had, had a few. Card. A few people Thank know where we live. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank um, you for much. everybody, really appreciate it. We appreciate all your messages and all your tweets and your, mes- and your likes and everything. And, yeah, Georgia sent us a card this week as well, didn't she? Lovely yeah. Georgia Taylor, our, our Bessie mate. Celebrity friend. <laughs> Celebrity friend of the show. I'm sure she wouldn't like you to call her that. Um, yes, thank you, everybody, um, <laughs> who thinks Christmassy thoughts towards I'm sorry. us. I'm sorry I call her celebrity best friend of the show. <laughs> what does she call you when you're not listening, I wonder? Uh, pernicious scrote. <laughs> um, right. Gemma, i tell you what we haven't had feedback-wise. Just what? one more thing. We're nearly going to make this for hours. We haven't had... A message from Colson Smith saying, oh, yeah, no, 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 we don't all hate oh, you. Oh, no, 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 I didn't <laughs> so, mean you were going to bring that up. So that means that they definitely do all hate us oh, in sugar. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm not surprised. That's why I was saying nice things about Amy McLeod. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we are actually going to go now because it's nearly six o'clock and we need to get this episode uploaded onto the old Goodbye, internet. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, there's a Hayley to Madden thing on TV tonight. Oh, Maybe yeah. watch it. Christmas It's Christmas. Yeah, brilliant. We love Hayley to Madden. Hashtag bring back Andrea. Goodbye. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bye.